I was made in a secret CIA lab 16 years ago with a goal of getting young adult Americans to trust me by a daily dose of talking about attractive women and giving out edgy humor that then over a decade evolving into a fantastic delivery mechanism for U.S. propaganda. Obviously, the truth has been in front of you this entire time, you sheep. This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a straight journey. This show is behind the scenes. I'm going to do it twice. I would put on these glasses. I start eating that trash can. Yeah, it's a nasty scheme. You maniacs! What is a What is BTS? When we are successful, we will be. We have a real chance to get Our faces is wearing thin. I think Notorious is one that I can watch every time it's on television, and, and there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with that film, and yet, and it was made quite a number of years ago. 1944, yeah. and that's where I put in uranium as mm. the MacGuffin. Yes. We all remember that word, boys and girls? Uh, a year before Hiroshima. Yeah, and no one could figure out later how you did that, because when you see the film now, you take the atom bomb for granted, but there was not an atom bomb, and no, no one knew uranium. No, it was in the course of manufacture. And uh, I went with the writer, Ben Hecht, uh, because one had read of the Germans experimenting with heavy water in Norway and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I went with Ben Hecht, the writer, to Caltech. And we walked into the office of Dr. Milliken, famous professor there, and said, how big would an atom bomb be? And there was silence. And then he spent an hour telling us how impossible the whole thing was. And I understand, I was watched by the FBI for three months afterwards. Then how did you know to use uranium if they denied it? Well, I knew that uranium, Lord Rutherford split the atom in 1920, Mm -hmm. and I knew that would be the way in which the atom bomb would be made. Then I heard of a place in New Mexico where men went in and never came out again. (laughs) Where is that? Alamogordo, of course. Ah. Yeah. And the first bomb was shut off. And you knew that within... Did you know that within a year there would be an atom bomb? Just by the well, I didn't know when, but I knew it was possibly coming. Yeah. And the producer uh, didn't believe in it. He said, I think that's a lot of nonsense. Yeah. He said, I said, you're worrying about the MacGuffin. I said, this is a love story between Ingrid Bergman and Cary Grant. Uh-huh. Don't worry about it. If you don't like uranium, we're making industrial diamonds. Years afterwards, when the film was shown in Germany, he said to me, uh, 
Well, he said, you know, those Germans are very clever. Now that uranium is out of date, they've changed it to narcotics. Really? Yeah. When you were a kid, what were you like? Uh, were, were you... Nice. Were you? <laughs> Skiing the slopes of uranium. This is episode 102 of Behind the Schemes for June 13th, 2022. And, uh, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm McGlowing it. This is Booberry Black Knight of the Mothman. And all the way from way the hell over here on the bereft coast, where we do have a little place out in New Mexico that we don't talk about. My name is Lavish. Yeah, we don't talk about that place. I'm not even sure why you brought it up. I what place? What are you talking about? Uh, what? Huh? Huh? We're we're doing a show. We can, yeah, we're, we're doing a show. It's it's six thirteen twenty twenty two, and yeah, uh, it's, yeah a, it's, a, it's a Monday the thirteenth. That's right, Monday the thirteenth. It's episode one hundred two of Behind the Schemes. Yeah, I just want to say right out the gate, thank you to Dave Jones, who joined me yesterday for a special uh, Post No Agenda broadcast. Uh, we did, a, a, it was like two and a half hours, a really thrilling conversation, had a great time. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, listening to it. I've listened to a little over half of it, and I intend to listen to the rest of it. And uh, from what I've heard, it's it's really, really fun. And uh, you guys cover a lot of ground. And uh, yeah, great he, job, man. He's given me a new a new goal. I I have something to achieve now. What's that? Taking Dave to a Guar show. Well, I think that that's uh, in the cards. <laughs> I don't think it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we can. I don't know. Maybe we can sell him we, on we'll it get somehow. Him, get him a big tarp or a, a rain poncho, even better. That's that's the way to do it. That's the pro move, regardless. Or take some clothes you don't really want. Mm, mm-hmm. But no you know, don't 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 take the whole family. Just just go yourself, okay. friends. Yeah, we uh, had a fully value for value enabled intermission, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, did a big old split with all the musicians and some other folks that uh, hang out in the green room. Uh, <laughs> yes, the common blood poncho. <laughs> exactly. Don't leave home without it. <laughs> never leave out. <laughs> never leave home. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of coming blood out there, so you got to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a little bit of coming blood for us. You drew the tarot card for tonight. I certainly did. I drew the tarot card this evening from my uh, gilded set, which is my physical set. And if you want to see that card, you can, of course, go to our our show notes at Zoso's Corner dot substack slash substack dot substack something like that. It's a dot substack. Dot substack. Uh, you can find it there. And uh, yes, tonight I drew the Eight oh. of Wands upright. Ooh, got a boost. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. The Eight of Wands, which, according to uh, our favorite uh, website, Labyrinthos. Is uh, it, it generally is a card that means uh, direction, a sense of direction, a sense of unity, uh, or progress, or uh, for ambition, forward action, forward action. The 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 keywords that are here on the side itself are movement, speed, progress, quick decisions, sudden changes, or excitement. I would add uh, kinetic energy to that. Yeah, momentum even. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the card, it's a bunch of wands flying through the air. 
They almost look like uh, arrows raining down. Yeah, the ones, for anyone who's familiar, the ones can represent, like, visually, the ones can be several different things. They could be sticks. They could be staffs. They could be trees or branches. They could be arrows in, in the sense here. They, they're usually depicted as arrows. And they're all in uniform launching in the same direction, kind of like uh, a flurry of arrows from English longbowmen or uh, Mongolian horse archers. Mm-hmm. You've got a whole swarm of arrows all going in the same direction, volley of them. Yeah. Uh, here's a here's a brief description from Labyrinthos. Uh, some may look at them as wands that are blossoming, that are traveling at a maximum speed. The background where they travel uh, through is a clear sky, which represents that there is likely nothing that will stand in the way of these making it to their destination. It shows a majestic landscape with a river that is streaming, the water breathing life into the image. The wands also appear like they are about to land, which signals the end of a long journey. Mm-hmm. Yep. This card has purpose. It has direction. And uh, oftentimes it means positive growth. So it's a nice card to get. Mm-hmm. I like this card. I, I generally like the, the, the wand suite. Me too. The wands have a lot of uh, fun imagery associated with them. I like the magician. The magician's use of the wand is a sort of like a, a sprouting tree from nothing. And of course, uh, wands being fire or uh, creative energy. Mm hmm. It's cool shit. And from a class perspective, and for, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Booberry, but the suites also sort of represent different class systems, uh, particularly in uh, medieval Europe. And the wands, I think, typically represent the working class or the peasant class. I've not heard this. That's interesting, though. It would make sense. Uh, so you'd have peasant class, middle class, upper crust, uh, like lords and duchesses, and then royalty? You would have uh, working class, merchant class, oh, yeah. the clergy, and then the nobility. Okay. So the merchant class would be, I think, represented by the pentacles. Naturally, yeah. The nobility would be represented by the sword. Okay. And then um, the... Uh, Water would be. Uh, why, am I, why am I forgetting the final? <laughs> it was. It was. Oh, clergy. Yeah, the clergy. But we have wands. We have pentacles. We have swords, and we have what? Uh, <laughs> cups. Cups. <laughs> yes, the the clergy uh, is represented by the cups, and the cups have have a relation to the Grail. Yes, indeed, in emotion. And emotion and um, and charity and things of, of that nature that the clergy is associated with. Yeah, we've never really talked about that before, the, the class stuff with the tarot, but that is present. Nice. I'd be interested to read more about that. I've, I've heard of the cardinal directions. Uh, cardinal directions, yeah. sure. Yeah, sets of fours, sets of threes. You know, the, the numerology has a lot of importance as well. And the fours also represent the seasons and etc. Yeah. And uh, if you would like to see the notes that we've been referencing or the image, uh, it's posted, like Lavish said, at the top of uh, the show notes for tonight. Zosa's corner.substack.com. Uh, you can also find them in the topic 
of our chat room, hashtag green room on the zero nodes. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta come by and check out Gal. She's amazing. She does so many cool things like the Gamatria boost. Yeah, and, and that's just oh one of many, many things uh, here in our chat room. If you are interested in joining our chat room, we have a chat. We do the show live every Monday night, and we have uh, people hanging out in the chat room. And we read the that stuff as we do it along so you can participate in the show. And yeah, you can go to our website. You can find us at irc.zeronode.net and go to hashtag green room. That'll be the channel where you will find us. Mm-hmm. And uh, BehindTheSchemes.com or BadRadio.Live, uh, shoot us an email. I'm Boo at uh, BehindTheSchemes.com. And I'm Lavish at BehindTheSchemes.com. Very simple. And I think that brings us to some boostograms that uh, have made their way in. Very good, very good. Let's see. And yes, boosting, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, is just lightning payments of uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, really. And you can send uh, at any point, and that'll also show up in the chat room. And you can send us messages and and be a producer of the show. Uh, just another way to participate. And what a time to buy some motherfucking Bitcoin. It is currently sitting at $21,621.37. <laughs> yep. Bitcoin has finally broken $30,000 resistance level United States uh, currency. And uh, we actually have a graphic that I put in the show notes. It shows the last the movement of the last five days. Of not only of Bitcoin, but also uh, the S and P five hundred index and a couple of uh, the big, the big American stocks, and you can see just how poorly this week has fared for all of these fine, fine institutions. Yeah, it's uh, what a time, what a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah. um, it's part of the fun. If you want to get in on that action, go to nudepodcastapps.com. And check out one of those value streaming apps that are uh, there. Fountain, Podserve, Curio, excuse me, Podverse. Podserve is our host. I always fuck that up. Uh, Podverse, CurioCaster, Podfriend, all of it. All of it. And here's some boostograms. We got uh, you boosted 838 right before we kicked on the stream, saying dirty old window. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I missed it. I don't get it. Uh, it was, uh, down on the dirty old window before we were uh, doing, Booberry was playing some tunes and he was playing uh, Kids in America. Yes, by Kim Wilde, of course. How could I fuck that one up? Oh, no, it was a, it was an obscure line (laughs) and I was doing it as a reference just to some karma that I had, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, we're boosting. And then you did, uh, 834 saying fuck. 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 And that was my Gamatria boost. Uh, next up was Servo with seven 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 saying goat piss karma for all. Oh, oh, oh thank you. Goodness, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I didn't even get a chance to lay the tarp down, man. Uh, and then he came in with another eleven eleven saying Philip DeFranco minus minus. Well, <laughs> you know what he has to say about that Servo, but <laughs> but. Big butt. The truth has been in front of you this entire time, you sheep. But <laughs> oh, what a douche! Uh, Shameful. And then the last one was six 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 from Pfeiffer using breeze. He said, "BTS like being front row at a satanic Gallagher show." 
Is that a blurb? <laughs> we are going to have to smash pumpkins now. And or a watermelon, I'm sorry, not pumpkins. Let's, let's smash we're smashing pumpkins too, but uh we might get sued by uh cue ball guy. What's his name? Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan, yeah. Bill Organs. Bill Organs. Oh, <laughs> we got another boost that just came in as well from Sir Oma. Um Ooh, there it is right there. That's a little that's a little boosty toosty you got there. He just uh boosted us ten uh, one thousand and two sats saying behind the boosts via fountain. Boost. Oh, and then we just got another one from NA Millennial um, who just gave us oh there it is right there. A Gamatria boost of sixteen oh eight sats saying moan days via fountain. And he got the Rise of the Planet of the Apes boost. Yeah. <laughs> which need, is a very nice collection of emojis. I need a I need a one of a horse or excuse me, of a monkey riding horseback with an AK. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I want in my life, okay? I don't know who writes the emojis. I don't know who the artist in charge for all that is, but um you know, I got needs. I got wants. You gotta call Jim Emoji over at the uh Google building. <laughs> Jim. 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 I think that was uh, it for Boostergrams for now. Uh, NudePodcastApps.com. Check it out. We are a value for value production, meaning that uh, we put everything that we do out on the air totally open, like... Well, what I was getting ready to say was going to be incredibly sexist. So I'll take that back and just say that, uh, you know, if you get anything out of this show that you enjoy, feel free to turn around and uh, send anything in, whether it be donations, clips, ISOs, music, artwork, all of it, screen mails, all of it goes towards putting on the production you're listening to right now. That's right. That's what value for value means. Uh, whatever value you get out of the show, you can return in any way that you see fit. And that's the way that we uh, can fortify ourselves against advertisers, the almighty, all-terrible advertisers, which we don't want anything to do with. And uh, we found a way to, to, to accomplish that feat. So, please, if you want to take part in it, uh, it it's a worthwhile venture, I can assure you. <laughs> I'm going to say he's a little off. Get this little crazy man out of here. That is crazy. <laughs> oh god damn it <laughs> stupid did you drop your computer shit. <laughs> it sounds like it piss, piss. Oh, Jesus alright I'm gonna try and take that back <laughs> that is crazy I'm gonna say he's a little off let's get this little crazy man out of here do a commercial you're off the air Artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore. And uh, end of story. Put on your 3D glasses now. This woman is dumb. Piss. Six one two two six three seven nine 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 is that number that you can call. Yeah, that's right. You give us a call six one two two six three seven nine 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 toll free. And, and uh, yeah, give us a scream. Let us know what's on your mind. How, how's your evening going? Huh? 
give us a give us a, give us a call. We got uh, we got one in the cannon already, ready to go. Booberry Mothman of the apocalyptic handkerchief in the back pocket. Not and, a map related uh, one. Mm-hmm. And a lavish, lavish. I don't know. Can, can lavish be a verb? Like you go do something for somebody, you help somebody out, and they're like, "Oh, you've just been lavished." Or oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Somebody, you're like, "Oh, I just got lavished," you know, or whatever. Like, uh, in the office, I try to lavish people <laughs> where, all the time. Uh, where I think, it, yeah, Andy tries to convince Michael that, uh, like, "Oh, you got shrewded or something like that." Like anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so my little scream was already had an issue with the car, the vehicle, and then like oh man driving to work and haven't haven't driven it all weekend because the weekend's usually the wife's car uh anyway but get to work and then like get out i'm like oh yeah like the tires like flat like pretty darn like two-thirds of the way flat and because the other issue i didn't super notice but anyway so (laughs) (laughs) my screen not wonderful but anyway but good thing is I see where the nail is, and I went to the auto parts store after work and got one of those little patch kits because, anyway, but then I was like, my Leatherman couldn't pull the nail out. So after later tonight, I'm going to grab some better pliers and pull that out and replace it, and it'll get fixed. But anyway, yeah, just one of those things, little minor inconveniences. But uh, it's also very handy having a little uh, cigarette lighter air pump thing so you can at least get the car, get air in the tire, and get to the next spot. So... Cool, which is more stuff to add to the to car EDC and whatnot. So anyway, and be like, hey, then maybe I can help out somebody else next time they get a flat because I'll have the stuff. So cool. Anyway, mm-hmm. enjoyed the episode with uh, with Mister Davy Davy Jones Locker, and kind of hearing a little bit more inside of of the uh, his life and just a little bit more of that 2.0 goodness. Hashtag 2.0 on Twitter, which then just ends up being hashtag podcasting 2.02 because the point and the O does it. But, you know, hey, Adam keeps on posting it. So whatever. Anyway. All right. Well, appreciate you guys. Shall be listening to the episode tomorrow in the cassette form. So, all right. Love you guys. Stay dangerous. And pa-chow. I just want to say really quick that boo buried is also a verb. Oh, of course. Just so we're aware. Oh my. To use it in context, I boo buried her. Can you use it in a sentence? Yes. I boo buried her. Uh, I'm glad that, uh, Christopher battles enjoyed the conversation with, uh, with Dave and, um, yeah, it's uh, it's cool to hear him talking about everyday normal life, like going to Walgreens and running into Zach Wild. <laughs> that shit is pretty wild, man. It's Zach Wild. Ayo, have you uh, seen him? I I've have seen not, him He's but fun. I would like to. He is a shredder, no doubt. And he always had those really cool guitars where the top half was an SG, but the bottom half was a flying V. Yep, yep, that's his style. Mm-hmm. I think I saw him for some G3 related thing. That would make sense. Which, uh, if anyone doesn't know, G3 is hosted by uh, uh, Satriani, Joe Satriani. And uh, usually has a rotating cast of like Steve Vai and 
uh, I always forget the other guy's name, Paul something. Gilbert, Paul Gilbert. Paul Gilbert, that's mm-hmm. it. Yep. Uh, yeah, I've seen them. You said times. Joe Satriani, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. Nice. To me, he's like the greatest of all time. Just the cleanest uh, guitarist ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Petrucci, yes, Cotton Gin from uh, Dream Theater, John Br- Petrucci, who's uh, got some of my favorite parody videos on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a cool guy. Yeah. I've seen him at uh, Berkeley, the Berkeley Community Center where Jimi Hendrix played. Well, cool. Thank you for the call, Christopher Battles. We actually had a couple of text messages come through just now. Ooh, schemey text. Um, this first one, they're asking if, uh, can you pardon a goat? Like a presidential pardon for a turkey, but, you know, for a goat instead? Asking for a friend. I mean, you could, but... <laughs> Why would you want Why to? would you? <laughs> <laughs> you perfectly good goat. I mean... Do you want to, like, pardon your tomatoes after you grow them in your garden? Yeah, Be free. Right. <laughs> no, that's, that's not how that works. <laughs> no, but, you know, yeah, sure, if you really wanted to. They also sent in a lovely piece of art uh, involving a goat that I just dropped in the chat. And I'll, uh, I'll have to circle around and um, get that added to the show notes. It's two goats staring each other down, and the question is, can BTS pardon a goat? Ooh. Now he wants us to do it? I thought it was like a general question. Now we we are pardoning the goats? Do we have legal authority? I don't... I, I think we would get in trouble if we didn't sacrifice them. Like, we're yeah. legally obliged. It was in the yes. contract. I don't know if you're familiar with goat law, but... It is nothing to fuck with. No. It's, it's rock-solid... You don't want the We're goat, locked in. especially once you get those goat slaughter union boys down your throat, it is mm. game over, dude. Yeah. Not a place yeah, local, to be fucking around. Local goat 88. You don't want to fuck with those guys. Not at all. Uh, there was another text message that came through. Um, it, it was a question as well. They said, you have to sell your firstborn to one of the members of the ruling class. You will be heavily compensated. Which member of the ruling class do you pick? Hmm. What if I don't even have a firstborn? (laughs) Hypothetically, (laughs) let's say you got pregnant, which is not a hypothetical situation anymore. But let's say you're pregnant, you have the child. You're hard Hmm. up for money. You're... Uh, you, you got some debt to pay off. You need so I pawn my my child to a celebrity, to a celebrity, and it, would it be like who do I think is the nicest celebrity who will take care of my kid? I, it seems to be open ended. Hmm. Well, I'm not giving it to Brad Pitt. That's for sure. You guys have enough kids. I should say they did not say celebrity. My apologies. It was just those elite circles, right? Ruling class. Ruling class. Well, okay. So but we're not we're not giving them to Hillary. She's got enough kids too. Yep. Um Hmm. It's a tough one. It's easy for easy for me. Oh yeah? Oprah. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Easy. Yes, yes, yes. E Z. Mm. 
That's a good one. I, I like that. I know they're going to grow up loaded. I know that they're going to get cast in all of the big Hollywood films because Oprah will pass them off to the sleazy fucking Hollywood producers. It's a one-way fucking train to, to Gravy Town. To, to Gloryville, yeah. I agree. There was a, there was a Chappelle show skit where he, he knocked up Oprah and he was like, Yes! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cha-ching! <laughs> <laughs> Got him! Gotcha, bitch! Got he. Yeah, I'll have to think about that one. We'll probably have an answer by the second second half of the show. We can certainly circle back to that. And uh, I believe it is now time to just pick up that die and roll the motherfucker. You got any rules? Oh, rules. I, before we do, I just I have one thing. I was I'm surprising you with something today, Booberry. Uh-oh. I am. It's, it's good news. It's a fun surprise. Uh, I today acquired BehindSchemes.com. That is very Satan-y. Whoa. That's right. Spelled oh, normally, God. too. Oh, my. That's right. God, really? Behindschemes.com, spelled normally. It's it, we, We've got it. It's ours now. Oh, well, well let, me, uh, let me hit you with this one. <laughs> wow. That is very Satan. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. How, did you, uh, how did you do that? I, I, I found it. I looked it up. It was available. I grabbed it. Oh, my goodness. Very legal. Wow. It, it was very legal and very cool. So it's ours now, man. Behindschemes.com. Fuck it. Fucking MVP. <laughs> we'll have to get that pointed to the... Uh, get a redirect going. Yes. I'll find some fun use for it. I'm sure it'll come in handy. Yes, yeah. indeed. Wow. Uh, aside from that, uh, happy birthday. Or not yet. Your birthday actually is coming up. Uh, but uh, preemptive birthday gift. But, yes, let us roll dice. Let's see. What rules shall we have? Um, do you have a four-sided die? Yes, I do. A little pyramid dude. A pyramid? Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever rolls three first. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, should we announce the numbers when we, when we roll or do you want to go one? So I'll roll, you roll, I'll roll or so on and so forth. Uh, yeah, just whenever you roll, just say what you got. And then if we don't got it, we'll re-roll. All right. Sounds good. All right. got a one no good i got a four okay here we go second roll and damn i got a one i got a three damn son oh boy that's how you do it what do you know that's how you do it uh yep that's it it's a roll of the dice it's a it's a flick of the wrist and a a twist of fate Mm Hmm. well uh you going first you want me to go first uh i can go first I'll go first today. Shirley. And don't call uh, me Shirley. <laughs> sorry about that. I know. You've told me that before. My bad. Leslie. Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> That's added to the list, by the way. 
I mean, it's it's obviously a staple airplane forever. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, well, today I brought, well, as we know, you, we brought, I brought a, a good amount of stuff. You had uh, your, your day with Dave Jones yesterday. So, uh, and all week long, there have been crazy things happening. There have been uh, crazy things happening in the markets. There have been crazy things happening in the world. Uh, there have been very spooky things that have happened. A lot of conjecture and a lot of, uh, a lot of talk on just things that are out of place, patterns that are askew. But um, there was one thing that I think everybody kind of latched onto this week. Everybody seemed to notice, which was this uh, the situation with President Biden going on Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, okay. I haven't actually seen anything from this. Right. And I think a lot of people haven't seen... All of it. They they know about the part where Biden kind of comes unglued and then Kimmel covers for him and goes to commercial break because he's he literally needs to be saved. And um, it, it's a continuing pattern of Biden just continuously being propped up by the entertainment industry. All of the powers that be seem to be unilaterally helping him uh, cover for him, covering for the fact that he's having trouble talking. He's having trouble communicating and making cohesive thoughts. And uh, it's a bad look. I mean, it's honestly a really bad look for somebody who's supposed to be the leader of the free world. But um, late night talk shows in particular, and we've talked about Colbert, and we've talked about a lot of the, uh, the sort of environment of what the talk show is now. It wasn't always this way. Late night talk shows used to be a great national pastime uh, that included far less politics with uh, guys like Johnny Carson and Dave Letterman and Leno and these guys, which I'm not the biggest Leno guy, but I can respect the fact that they didn't just harp on political crap all day long, that they weren't talking heads for one or another political party or pharma company or pharma company or pharma party for crying out loud. (laughs) I'm sure they went to a couple pharma parties, you know what I mean? hey yo, hey Should have invited us. This oxy uh, ain't going to distribute itself. <laughs> Medical grade cocaine. <laughs> wow! Good for you. It's good for you. <laughs> you know, the theory with Keith Richards and the reason why he's still alive after doing heroin for decades was that he had access to medical grade heroin and that he, he had just great connections and never had to do all the dirty shit that Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin did. And, uh, and Kurt Cobain and all those guys. And, uh, who else? Uh, Bradley from sublime. I'm listing all the rock stars I can think of that probably died from their heroin addictions. Yeah. But, uh, Keith didn't cause he had the, he had the medical stuff, but anyway, I was just, sorry, not to go on a, too much of a tangent, but I was watching some video today and people were freaking out about getting demonetized on YouTube. And I was like, you know what? A real content creator wouldn't sit here and bitch about it. A real content creator is going to go out there onto the YouTubes and start looking up how to shoot heroin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then when we're done with that, we're going to watch Naked Yoga. Yeah, that's right. That sounds like a fantastic Sunday afternoon. 
Sorry. And there are plenty of YouTube uh, channels that probably will, will teach you all that sort of thing. No but, doubt. Uh, <laughs> we we don't uh, we don't uh, promote that sort of thing though. You know, it's not medical advice. Um, but yes, speaking of heroin, late night talk shows uh, are on heroin now, and that heroin is called uh, political. Uh, it's, it's it's advertising money. They get so much. It's just so tightly controlled. Everything that they say is either a native ad or or it's some sort of political material or it's some party line agenda that they're trying to push through. Either with outright sermoning like uh you know what Colbert does or or you know sometimes they'll give it just the the most basic blanket of comedy, which is kind of what Kimmel does. Um, but uh, Biden went on. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Advertising is the new opiate of the masses. There, I said it. Mm-hmm. And they talk about advertising at at one point during this this little spiel. But Biden needs a lot of help. There there are many reasons why people don't like him right now. There's uh, the the vast amount of evidence with late night ballot drops and mail in frauds with the 2020 election, soaring inflation and gas prices. Um, his aforementioned crippled mental faculties. Uh, he's in trouble for touching women and little girls in public inappropriately, which we have photos of in the uh, show notes. You can see it there. <laughs> but he is, um, he is your one-stop shop all for all of your roach knowledge. <laughs> yeah, you know, he knows roaches. <laughs> he learned a lot about them that one summer. Man. <laughs> Never, for the rest of my life, I'll always just be astounded. That that guy has a career after saying all that. <coughs> and the corn pop thing, which well, was very bizarre. You know, like you said, you ain't black, so. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one white guy at the pool, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, Yep. Yeah, uh, what else has he done uh, while he's been president? He's forced experimental uh, pharmaceutical products on the general public and has punished them for not taking it. And much more. And, and of course, there's a son, Hunter Biden, who we'll get into later. But uh, Jimmy Kimmel provides his services uh, to the ailing president. I pulled just a couple of clips. I obviously didn't pull the whole thing. I just wanted to kind of excerpt, go through it, and just look at the, the blatant propaganda and bullshit that this whole fucking thing uh, really is. If you'll play uh, Joe Kimmel 1 intro. Is to aviator sunglasses what Tom Cruise is to aviator sunglasses. I'm Jesus. proud to say I voted for him dozens of times. He is the reason we all got a cavity search tonight. Please welcome the 46th president of the United States, Joe Biden. So right away, this aviator sunglasses meme that they keep trying to push that he's just so cool. Such a cool guy. It was a... Uh, it was made uh, popular, especially on a Time magazine cover that they did for Biden. It shows him facing off against Putin with his cool aviators. Fucking really forced meme. And then uh, Jimmy even makes the joke. He says he voted for him dozens of times, which I think was kind of tasteless given the, the situation uh, where he's been accused of <laughs> mail-in fraud. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's a nasty scheme. <laughs> yeah. I think we all voted for him dozens of times. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, he acknowledges that he's in danger and that everybody had to get their uh, their 
cavities searched for him. Uh, uh, Kimmel 2, please. Is this mic on? I guess. Anyway. And a lot of Democrats are frustrated because, you know, we got out and voted. Um, we won the House, the Senate, um, the White House, obviously. And still, we have had made very little progress as far as I'm concerned when it comes to guns, obviously, uh, reproductive rights, voting rights, climate change, the, all these things. And in some ways, we've, we've moved backwards. Well, on climate change, we've actually made some real moves. I mean, we have... We have, you know, one in seven of the, all the changes that have taken place in terms of solar, wind, and and and, and wind pumps, and I mean uh, pumps and like, uh, have occurred in the last 18 months. We've moved, and there's an opportunity with the process we have dealing with energy to be able to gradually move more rapidly than we have been to alternatives. For example, electric vehicles. Jimmy, when I got elected, I, you know, I've pushed electric vehicles for the last, I don't know, God knows how long. Well, I had, I had a, a, a conversation with the chairman of the board of General Motors, Mary Berry, and, uh, um, and she, she was suing California, remember, and for because your standard was too high. Right. Said. Well, guess what? We had a conversation. I got a call from her about three days, four days later. She dropped the suit and committed she's going to go all electric in the entire General Motors line. And by 2035, by 2030, going 50% electric. Well, it is. No, but it really is. And then Ford came along and did the same thing. So we're on a path. And and what is the successor to Chrysler is doing the same thing. We're moving in directions that are being slow. Look. That are being slow. We won. I won (laughs) by, I got 81 million votes, um, more than anybody's ever gotten. Because, and thank you for those who helped me. Please clap. Well, what's happened, Jimmy, is, you know, we still only ended up with 50 senators, which means that we have 50 presidents. And two of them are kind of um, on uh, iffy, I think, uh, well, at best. Here, here's the thing. It's interesting. You know, one, one of the things that's causing problems is that people think it's the Democratic Party that's so divided. And the problem, the problem is we have 48 out of 50 senators vote with me 95 percent of the time, more than any president has gotten that kind of support from their from their constituency. But we only have 50 and you can't get even two, three, four Republicans to vote. Look what's happening now with regard to everything from the way they talk about this potential decision from the Supreme Court. (laughs) Yeah, I, I had a lot of questions. But I was afraid to pause because I didn't want the ride to stop. <laughs> so there was one, one of seven changes made towards climate change that have been, they've made moves on like wind pumps and solar panels over the past 18 months. And there are electric cars in California now that he's president. And He's got 50 presidents that support him, but because of the, like, four Republicans that don't support him, even though he's got 81 million votes and he's the most popular president ever, he can't get anything done because of those four Republicans. And don't forget, it's also uh, Kavanaugh's fault. He implies that it, all the, the, the few conservative Supreme Court justices that are that there are are also to blame, and this is in the face, in the wake of the Kavanaugh assassination attempt, which happened just recently. And also, 
that 81 million votes number, that sounds a little bogus. In 2020, more people voted in America than ever, ever in the history of America in the middle of a once-in-a-century pandemic. All told, more than 150 Americans of every age, every race, every background <laughs> exercise their right to vote. 150, that's the last number I heard. Uh, the way I hear that is 150 million Americans voted. In, in but, general. But only 150 counted? <laughs> only, only 150 counted, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. Um <laughs> For anyone who thinks we're just we're just chopping, I mean, we've talked about it before. We talked about um, about the ballot drops in Detroit uh, on election night, and we have video footage of them dropping off the ballots in the middle of the night uh, by the uh, box load, and we have that video footage in the show notes. So you can go find it there. Yep, I made sure that that was <laughs> that was present. And there, there was a person arrested in San Antonio for ballot harvesting. Uh, there was someone here in Minneapolis that was doing the same thing, if I remember correctly. Yep, and we watched it happen in real time. Uh, the votes get moved around, and uh, just it, the statistics don't don't uh, show a pretty picture. And then, of course, there's two thousand mules, which I haven't watched yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Because I don't know. For everything that I heard about it, it, it didn't sound very um, rock solid. It sounded kind of whatever. But I, I haven't even seen it, so. It's not really fair of me to give it that uh, critique. <laughs> it was a big old. <laughs> let me get a. Let me get a nothing burger. Hold the burger, please. <laughs> With a side of chili peppers, please. With a side. Can I get a large order of uh, two more weeks, please? Uh, two weeks. <laughs> yes, that'll be two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I might have uh, made. Kimmel 2 to Kimmel 3. If you could play Kimmel 3 and see if it's just the same clip. Do you have a title by chance? Is this the uh, fast? Uh, it was Kimmel 3 is Things We Want, which I think is what was just played. Correct. Oh, okay. So uh, Kimmel uh, 2, Serious Questions. Serious Questions. Yep. You know, they're very concerned that I might not ask you serious questions, so I don't want, oh, you know... they really ask serious questions. Who's yeah, they? Right. <laughs> um, you know who they are. I don't them at all. Do you mind if I ask you some serious questions? Because this is... Um, uh, we were here in September of 2019, and one of the things we talked about at length was gun violence, and you said that we need to do something about this gun violence. But I guess, I mean, just to get into it, why haven't we done anything about this? Well, I think uh, a lot of it's intimidation uh, by the NRA. And uh, Look, <laughs> this is not your father's Republican Party. This is a, a MAGA party. It's a very, different, a, a very different Republican Party. But what I don't want to do, and I'm not being facetious, I don't want to emulate really Trump's facetious. abuse of the Constitution <laughs> and the constitutional authority. And, and so, <laughs> I, I, I mean that sincerely. Because often not, not a joke. Not a joke. Republicans don't I mean play it. square. Why do you play it square? Yeah. Well, well, guess what? What do you play if a square, Joe? we do the same Joe? thing they do, our democracy will literally be in jeopardy. Well, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not a joke. And I, I understand that argument, but also it's like you're playing Monopoly with somebody who, you know, won't pass go and won't follow any of the rules, and how do you ever make any progress if they're not 
following the rules. Well, you got to send him to jail, uh, you know. Lock him up, anyone? <laughs> yeah. That seemed like kind of a set-up bit to me, personally. Uh, but yeah, after saying that he's the big, fair, just protector of democracy, or may or may not have fixed an election... He he tops it off uh, with uh, the idea that he's going to send everyone to jail. <laughs> he's going to send all the Republicans to jail. Um, and then uh, the other thing in there was the uh, oh, it's right there on the tip of my tongue, and I'm losing it. Some other ridiculous. Uh... Well, he blames Trump. Oh, that was. You'll, uh, you'll... I I'm I'm not being facetious. Sounds like somebody that is being facetious would say. And then. Yeah. I'm being sincere. This is not a joke. This is not a joke. When people clap for him <laughs> and when people are like, yeah, you're right. He's like, no, I'm not kidding, which is very bizarre. And he does it more and more and more. And it's like anytime anybody like shows any form of support for him, he's incredulous to it. It's like, no, no, no. I mean, until <laughs> he can convince himself, he's not going to convince me. How about that? Right. And I think when he was like, hey, I won 81 million votes out of nowhere. Not a joke. <laughs> why Why would you, like, trust a guy? <laughs> That's yeah. how he leads. Hey, man, you know me. I'm the fair guy, right? <laughs> hey, man, I got a, I got a 81 million followers on YouTube, man. Not a yeah. joke. <laughs> All of them are not bots. Yeah. I swear. <laughs> I mean it. Not a joke. Not a joke. Not being facetious. Uh uh, mum, 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 mum. So they're talking about certain key points. They keep striking the same points. They keep talking about gun laws in the shake of in the wake of the Uvalde shooting, and uh, they keep blaming Trump. Anytime there's a problem, anytime there's anything, it's Trump's fault. Even if they don't say his name, they'll say the MAGA party, or they'll say, you know, it's a new Republican party, which means that Trump came and screwed everything up. And then eventually they'll start calling them by name, but you'll see that this is a pattern. Any, They always blame other people. They never just take accountability for the fact that they may or may not be doing a great job. Uh, in fact, they think that this is the fast, fastest growing economy in the world, Boo Berry, isn't it? Oh, you know it. <laughs> aren't, aren't we all just reaping the rewards here? I, I gotta believe, man. Oh, man, I got $7 gas. <laughs> if I don't believe, they'll take my family... <laughs> <laughs> please please believe <laughs> I don't want to give my child to Oprah please <laughs> Oprah please don't take my baby away uh, if you could please play fastest growing economy Kimmel 4 look here's where we are we have the fastest growing economy in the world the world the world we have 8.6 million Three new times. jobs just since wow. I got in office. Unemployment rates down to 3.6%. We've reduced the deficit last year by $320 billion. This year, we're going to reduce it by $1.7 trillion. Trillion dollars. Right. And so we're the strongest economy, and that's allowed us at least to stay on top of and a little bit ahead of what's happening around the world. Second thing is, look. Inflation is the is is the is the bane of our existence. Bane, bane. Inflation bane. is mostly in food and uh, in gasoline. No survivors at, yeah. at the pump. That's what kills you because it's well, a little billboard. 
telling you, everyone you every, how expensive but, everything but, is. If Donald Trump leaves one of those Sharpies over for you, you could maybe change the price on that, but, you know. Bob, we, we could. Yeah. But, here, but, but here's the deal. What a ghoul. <laughs> uh, here's the deal. Yeah, Servo, I have, I have trouble listening to him as well, man. I, uh, it was really hard for me to listen through all of this, but I had to do it. It was important. I, I wanted to know. Jimmy Kimmel has not won the battle of the douchebags. He would be a good one to have, but I couldn't do him because I've already done Stephen Colbert. So yeah, somebody else would have to do Kimmel. And I had to, I had to go through all this stupid shit. Because it's just, I just can't stand this situation. The fact that they spent five full years, a half a decade, talking about literally nothing else. (laughs) The Russian piss tapes. Just nothing. I mean, there's nothing else on TV (laughs) for five fucking years other than Trump and his family are awful people and they do awful things and they bang whores and they fucking do drugs and they they're corrupt and then they get these people in uh, you know Trump Trump's cognitively not all there he, we we need to give him tests to make sure that he's even mentally capable of being president and then they bring on a guy who literally has fucking dementia okay and and it only gets worse as we continue to listen um what this guy's to say anyway is uh we... yeah i'm back we're all good okay okay uh let's go with uh kimmel five rambling and big pharma you know my dad used to say every every family is a little bit of breathing room if you take and look at all the costs that a family has on a monthly basis it also includes health care prescription drugs child care, all those things. What I'm proposing we get, and I think we can get it done, I'm proposing that we, in fact, reduce the cost of those things. Why should anybody, anybody of you in the audience know anybody who has to take insulin every month because they have sure. type 1 diabetes, type 2 diabetes? Well, guess what? They're charging guess as what? high as 1000 bucks a month in some places, average $647 a month on average. Well, if I pass what I want to get done, which we can do, and we can do it relatively easy, it's not going to cost more than $35 a month. It costs these companies. No, no, I, I'm not. This is not, as our friends on Fox would say, socialism. This is very practical. <laughs> I don't mean it, folks. I don't mean it. Hold on. No, no, no. I don't mean it. No, no, no. It. Don't clap for me. I'm not kidding. Don't, don't, don't you fucking clap for me. You do not clap for me. You do not clap for Biden. <laughs> Biden does not think this is a joke. Oh um, my goodness! So in that statement, Joe promises to basically throw ungodly sums of tax dollars at the health insurance lobby to ensure that the consumer only pays fifty dollars in copays for their Rockefeller Industrial Complex medicines. Uh, it, it did kind of say sound like he said no one should have to know anyone that's taking insulin. <laughs> <laughs> no one should have to deal with this not a joke man come on man you've, you've got lepers and you've got diabetics and you got to stay away from them not a joke <laughs> not a joke i'm not being facetious i'm being sincere 
<laughs> I'm being sincere. Look, here's the deal. I, I, no, I'm not, not a joke. No, no, no. Stop. Stop. Cl- no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not kidding. It's not a joke. Please stop. Uh, if you'll play Kimmel Six Dementia Death Star. They don't need, for example, our oil companies. Oil companies, instead of everybody says, well, Biden won't let them drill. They have, they have 9,000 drilling sites that they've already owned that are there. They're not doing it. You know why? Because they make more money not drilling and buying back their own stock. It's all screwed up. No, and that's the it, thing. It's well, that- it is screwed up, but we are only a few votes away from being able to straighten it out. We have Just to get the votes. message across in a way that is understandable to people like the folks in my family we grew up. Tell people what the, what, 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 just what the facts are. And the facts are that this, this isn't anything about, so this is about building the economy. When I ran, I said, I want to build a new economy. No more trickle down from the bottom up and the middle out, because when the middle does well, everybody does well. The wealthy do very, very well. The idea, there are 54 major corporations in America made $40 billion last year and don't pay a penny in taxes. Not a penny. How many of you think the tax code is fair anywhere along the line here? How many? No, I'm not being facetious now. I'm being deadly <laughs> earnest. They don't pay a penny. I don't. So if we had a minimum tax of 15%, just on this year, I mean, minimum 15, it doesn't hurt them at all. They make a lot of money still, and we can raise a lot of money to make sure that child care doesn't cost you 1400 bucks a month. To make sure. But this all makes perfect sense. And the fact that this makes sense is why it doesn't make sense and why it seems so crazy and that we have so many problems and that maybe it's just that Americans aren't as knowledgeable as they should be. Or maybe there's a a Death Star pumping false information into our brains. Fox, right? Yeah, Yeah, right, right. That reminds me of one of my all-time favorite Jimmy Kimmel quotes. I don't know if you're familiar with this one, um, and I can't remember it verb- uh, verbatim, uh, so I'll have to paraphrase it, but it goes, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Kimmel says that one all the time. Yeah, it's kind of like his catchphrase. It's kind of his thing nowadays. Yeah, he used uh, a, he used Obamacare to actually uh, disconnect his lower jaw so that he could unhinge it to make a <laughs> wider orifice. You know, Kimmel made uh, his big uh, breakthrough was on the Man Show, and I had no idea that he would become the Man Show. <laughs> oh, I get it, because like he's the man, like he's working for the man. Like, he's the man, but he's also the show for the man. And he's a man show for certain people. Oh, he's a little, uh... <laughs> he likes to know. put on a show for the men, you know? <laughs> I see what you're saying now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You think, so he likes to get up uh, in tight little outfits and bounce on trampolines, is what you're saying? Yes. That's correct. And we even have a little picture of Jimmy Kimmel live backstage in the show notes of him hanging out with Hunter Biden backstage. Oh, wow. Getting his hair pulled a bit. I will have to go uh, check this out. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
it's very important. I'm going to have to post it in the chat. And if you haven't seen this image, uh, it's definitely been leaked from the, uh, the, the infamous Hunter Biden laptop, which is very real. <laughs> oh, I, I see and the photos and videos. Are I see real. you have a, a clip from that, uh, encounter fr- with them. Yep. No business like show business. Yep, yep, yep. Well, uh, so this is all leading up to the collapse. There's going to be a sort of a, 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 a an ungluing of the installed president right about now, but not before he does what he's been doing this whole time, blaming others, uh, providing fake statistics. And by the way, in that last one, the whole thing he was talking about taxes First of all, he talks about $40 billion as if that's a lot of money, like relative to the economy, to the American economy. Right. Which, you know, $40 billion is a lot of money to one person <laughs> or to people, but it's not a lot of money as far as the general economy is concerned. Um, he talks about throwing massive taxes. He was throwing out numbers like 15% taxes on the rich. Uh, of what income state? I don't know, but fifteen percent seems like a shitload of money to me. You just um, show up at their door. <laughs> yeah. We're here to collect. That's what they do, and we've shown the front of the IRS building and all of the uh, Masonic imagery that is that is there. We've talked about that in the past. They literally have uh, two pillars of <laughs> of uh, the temples of Solomon and a pyramid, and it's great. You can go. You can go look that up. It's very easy to find. But yeah, uh, so let's let's check out this ungluing of our of our fine president with uh, Kimmel Seven blaming others, fake stats, biracial, and collapse. The bottom line is, I think that we've seen such a radical shift in one party, and the ability of that party to the, that minority of the ma- the MAGA yeah. folks it's like we're living in two it. countries at once yeah. and, and it's so, like but, you can be you can you can but I've be never, i've sorry. never been more optimistic in my life so I'll tell you why i why are you so optimistic no, it I, makes no sense no it does <laughs> look at the kids look at the young people best educated least prejudiced uh, most giving generation in american history turn on the television now. No, I'm serious. You turn on the TV, look at the ads. When's the last time you saw biracial couples on TV? When's the last time you saw the way, I mean, people are selling products. They do ads to sell products and they sell products when people, they appeal to people. This generation is going to change everything. We just got to make sure we don't give up. There's an ability for us to do everything from increase the the access to education, health care. Look what we did in health care. All, all the talk about it. I was able to reduce people's bills about 400 bucks a month. It has changed and people's lives. Personally. No, no so, question So there's about a it. lot of major things we've done. <laughs> no questions. But what we haven't done is we haven't <laughs> been questions. able to communicate it in a way that is... Uh, um, uh, let me say another way. Well, see, uh, that's uh, kind of perfect. Yeah, well, we haven't been able to yeah, communicate. Yeah, you can't communicate anything. The press has changed. Mm-hmm. Look how the press has changed. It has changed. Oh, listen, it, I, it, I get it. I know you get you overstand it. Yeah. You don't just understand it. You overstand it. <laughs> but here's the deal. One of the things is that it's very difficult now to have a, um, 
even with notable exceptions, even the really good reporters, they have to get the number of clicks on, on, the, on nightly news. Mm-hmm. So instead of asking a question, anyway, it just everything gets, <laughs> yeah. gets sensationalized <laughs> in ways. That, but I'm convinced we can get through this. We have to get through um, it. And one of the things, look. I'm going to take a break, and then we'll talk a little bit more. I don't if you don't mind, you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, we have some of those commercials. I, I, I we have some you. biracial commercials we need to tell. We'll be back with President Biden. Sponsored by Pfizer. You fucking bet your balls it is. Ugh, Jesus. Yeah. So a little recap of that blurb. The bottom line, blame Trump. That's the first thing. Is, bottom line is we're blaming MAGA. Uh, things are progressive now because ads have biracial couples. Hell yeah. Advertising. Great. Biracial couples selling products. How progressive. Good. Um, ESG, anyone? Uh, and then Biden claims to have saved families $400 a month on health care costs, but doesn't say how or why or... And it's not true. What the fuck did he do? <laughs> what did he do? Um, he doesn't understand it. He overstands it. Yeah. And, you know, I just... I've not... I I've, I know one, maybe two people personally that have passed away with from COVID, whichever side of the argument you want to take on that. But I've known plenty of people that have gotten fairly to moderately sick over the past couple of years. And I don't remember ever hearing anyone saying that, uh, holy shit, fi- <laughs> Biden just reduced the, the hospital bills by $400. Can you believe that? No, I don't think anybody's been saying that. I don't know where this guy thinks he get off on saying stuff like that. It's, uh, and if I'm wrong, please absolutely boo it behind the schemes.com. But, uh, yes, I mean, if you have a story where Biden saved you $400 a month in healthcare costs, then please let <laughs> us know. We'd like to hear that. Biden saved you $400 by switching the guy. Beep, beep. No ads. <laughs> we don't do ads. Value for value. Yes. Uh, so that's all. I, I didn't want to bring too much more of that. There is more, but God knows it just why. I, I just wanted to get some of the juicy juicy bits there. Um, yeah, but, we need fewer Biden. Fewer. Not more. Fewer. Lesser. Lesser. <laughs> A lesser Biden, if you will. So, this, do you have any uh, thoughts on it before I... Nah. Because I've, I've got it all out there. <laughs> this links through, as I said... You know, I don't want to. Biden's a terrible person, and he's done some awful things in his political his political career. But I don't want to intend to belittle. I don't intend to belittle him with this sort of low hanging fruit. It's like it's as I said, he is everything that they said the other side was, mm-hmm. and he continues to showcase that. And these people continue to cover for him. They acted like these exact traits were the worst thing in the world, and that and that this guy was so unpresidential. And um, and all they've shown is is that exact thing in kind. They said that Donnie Jr. and him, you know, with Stormy Daniels, that Donald Trump was a whoremongering party animal. But they, uh, you know, they had Stormy Daniels. They had one person who came out and kind of said something about it. But they didn't have any real evidence. They didn't have a bunch of photos. They didn't have a bunch of videos of this guy. Oh, I don't know, doing coke off of a a prostitute's ass in Ukraine like other people do. 
Like, for example, the son of the current president, <laughs> Hunter Biden. Who, what a with his lost fucking laptop, has <laughs> released hundreds. I'm sorry. Hundreds. I'm sorry. Which laptop are you talking about? Oh, which laptop? <laughs> which laptop you say? The one that might have been. It was so damning that even the New York Times admitted that it was real. That's how bad this is. And they tried for months, maybe year, even years, to, to try and, no, it's not real, it's fake, it's alt-right conspiracy. But photo after photo, video after video, and we've got plenty of, uh, <laughs> plenty of photos. I'm looking, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We got about nine, ten photos right now in the show notes uh, of some more, you know, tasteful, they're they're censored for the most part, but Damn they it. are they are not for not safe for work. And if you want to find the nasty stuff, you can find it. It's out there. Yeah, generally I wouldn't open up the show notes at work, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not medical advice. Listen, listen to Doctor Booberry. Don't open the show notes at work. Uh, but there is a funny story that was covered up by everybody that uh, there were these leaked texts between Hunter Biden and his cousin, Carolyn Biden, who has been in the news before. Have you heard of Carolyn Biden? I have. This is the daughter of Joe Biden, sister to Hunter? Uh, I think so, or brother. I think it's the daughter of Joe Biden's brother. Oh, is this the niece? The niece. Oh. The niece of, oh. of uh, Joe Biden. Yeah. I know about this one. We, she has been in the news before she was, she got in a lot of trouble during his vice presidency under uh, Obama. And, um, she has been, <laughs> she's an impressive track record, uh, of avoiding jail time. She's a litany of charges that would ruin the life of an ordinary person. Uh, in fact, let's see, we got one, uh, a bit of, of one of her arrests from 2013, if you play Carolyn Biden, one arrests. Dressed to scam, the niece of former Vice President Joe Biden was in court for credit card fraud. We now head to the East Coast to check in with our New York newsroom, where Charlie Langston is standing by. Charlie, what's happening? Jesse, the former Vice President's niece is in very hot water. Caroline Biden was arrested last year for using someone else's credit card to buy over $110,000 worth of items at a fancy pharmacy in Manhattan. According to court documents, the 31-year-old was initially charged with grand and petty larceny. However, on Monday, Biden was allowed to change her plea to a lesser charge of petty larceny. She pleaded guilty and was sentenced to two years probation. Plus, she was ordered to pay restitution for the unauthorized purchases. However, it wasn't the charges that had the internet buzzing. Rather, it was Biden's choice of floral Givenchy booties, which had everyone talking. Well, the price of them, at least. The boots, which come complete with silver buckles and studs, cost over $1,400. And this was not Caroline's first run-in with the law. Back in 2013, she was arrested for harassment, resisting an arrest, and obstruction of justice after she got into a very furious fight with a former roommate over rent. At the time, she told police while she was being arrested, I shouldn't be handcuffed. You don't know who you're doing this to. <laughs> oh, Lordy. You don't know who you're dealing with. A 31. 31 years old. 
uh, over $100,000 worth of shopping charges that were accrued in a single day, as I understand. Uh. One day. Um, uh, and the reason why I bring her up is these texts. There were these leaked texts that were released in about 2019 uh, between her and her cousin, uh, Hunter Biden, that heavily implies that she's a pimp of some manner. Uh, she's in LA and he was in LA and I have the transcript as follows. I'll read the transcript. <laughs> I said, quick. see you later, boy. He wasn't good enough for her. <laughs> Sorry. That's right. You're going to find out Hunter's pretty picky. He's a picky guy. <laughs> he, he has certain preferences and these, these texts were leaked and people were like, Oh, she was trying to hook him up with a friend. You know, it was, it was like an innocent, like, Hey, have you got any friends? But no, here's the transcript. Carolyn says, she's a legend. (laughs) That's the first sentence. She's a legend. (laughs) None of these women are except Diva, but Nicola, Diva, Ella, and Lucy will all know quality girls who are like I am, distrusting and highly wary of evil. (laughs) I also have Denise, a German, 26. (laughs) hunter biden responds no to lucy i think carolyn says okay so fine do you want foreign or domestic wow hunter biden says and you have to make the pitch directly carolyn says i can't give you fucking asian sorry i'm not doing it hunter biden responds domesticated foreigner is fine (laughs) carolyn responds i'd give you isabella but she has kids and an nba ex-husband hunter responds no yellow carolyn responds yasmina you know yeah this dude's dad got 81 million votes allegedly allegedly Yep, this guy's the son of the most popular president in history. Would it be inappropriate to title this episode based off of a quote from Hunter Biden? Can we go there? (laughs) What's the quote? No yellow. (laughs) No yellow. (laughs) Yeah, these these texts were leaked and all the mainstream news was like, Hunter Biden's racist for saying yellow. (laughs) That's what they got out of this. Ugh. That's all they could focus on. They, it was a it was very very naughty little cover up they did. And I did some snooping, and apparently this Isabella, who is mentioned, is uh, she's assumed to be Isabella Brewster, who is the sister of Jordana Brewster of Fast and Furious fame. She's the the main uh, female uh, character from Fast and Furious. Isabella Brewster is the uh, ex-wife of Baron Davis, who uh, was uh, one of uh, the great, great players for the Warriors back in the day. Yes. And uh, so, do you need to go check that real quick? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's all I'll great. Back. Uh, yeah, great player for the Warriors. Um, for the We Believe season, the 2008 We Believe season, which was at the time one of the biggest deals that ever happened. Uh in uh, 
in Bay Area sports. As a matter of fact, there's a great Warriors game tonight. I, I have to check and see. Oh, the Warriors won. Oh, yeah. Nice. By 10 points. Very cool. But yes, Isabella Brewster is uh, insinuated to be this Isabella in the series of texts, which is has a lot of heavy implications to it. And not to mention the whole uh, just connection with Operation Fast and Furious and then the Fast and Furious movies coming out in tandem. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah, and we we are of a general understanding that a lot of the big budget pictures and a lot of the the stuff that comes down the pipeline for the entertainment industry in Hollywood and then, of course, with Kimmel, it all comes straight from Washington and Langley. There, there is a... There's a lot of dabbling in the entertainment industry by the government, by clandestine, you know, backdoor government agencies, CIA and the FBI. It's very and foolish not to think that the CIA has their own script writing department. They do. And Obama, as a matter of fact, uh, made it easier for them to, to do that. Yeah. Obama's CIA's ultimate boy. Um, yeah. Uh, so this is uh, this is all very very seedy stuff going on. <sighs> With the high budget news publications, they only focused on that you know he might be racist or something. Right. Uh, I also found there's another article that came up along with this uh, that Hunter hooked up one of his Las Vegas call girls, one of his regulars, with a PPP loan. Oh shit! The the ones they were passing out like candy during the uh, pandemic. Yep, yep. According to data obtained from the laptop, uh, this lady got uh, around twenty thousand dollars in federal stimulus for being a uh, for having a female owned sole proprietorship. <laughs> um, there are a couple texts that have been leaked, sort of from the laptop, that show Biden interacting with women and paying them off and. He seems like a very generous fella. Seems like he he, he likes to pay uh, on time, no matter how much money it is. Very, very generous fella when it comes to that sort of thing. Uh, As I said, I have a series of photos in the show notes. You can find them at zososcorner.substack.com. And you can see uh, crack rocks being weighed out. You can see him hanging out with hookers and who was you can see him uh in the act with these uh these women and then i also uh, found the the very infamous picture of uh obama's daughter malia obama and her credit card being covered in cocaine <laughs> along with several lines of white powder <sighs> god damn it must be good to be pro- uh, the children of politicians you know, seems like a fun lifestyle. It's it's it's, it's like eat your heart out, Steven Tyler. Uh yeah, I mean to a certain degree it's almost respectable. It's almost like damn. This guy knows how to live. You know, he gets to go to Ukraine and gets put on the board of these major energy companies and gets paid 50 grand a month to do nothing but but be a liaison to the American government. And, and in the meantime, a, his amazing artwork. Well, he gets to launder money with his fantastic art ventures. This guy really lives like a GTA lifestyle. 
you know, that anybody would want. Uh, fast cars, fast women, fast drugs. And I, I, I really, I really can't even, I, I don't want to sit here and like knock him and call him immoral. You know, this guy's, he deserves to go to jail and all this shit. I mean, he does deserve to go to jail. But again, that's not why I'm bringing all this stuff up. I'm bringing it up because they called the other guy this thing for years and years and years. And then they replaced him with somebody with a family who actually did all the shit, who actually does all the shit that they accuse the other guy of doing. And it's the hypocrisy, my friends. The hypocrisy is, is what is so juicy about the situation at hand. You couldn't ask for a better, <laughs> like, you know, you couldn't write this. I mean, unless you're the CIA, but I guess that's besides the point. Yes, that's true. That is Take true. notes, Eric Trump, Don Jr. <laughs> Get could, on it, boys. You could learn a thing or two from Hunt, Hunter. <laughs> yep. Uh, speaking of feds, I'll, I'll top off my my quota with this this last story here. These guys love writing stories, as Booberry said, and uh, and he's right. They just uh, you you heard about this. We we're talking about this before the show. The feds, uh, or the, the police or whoever, they staged a fake riot in Idaho, and they arrested themselves on television in a big blatant fo- uh, photo op. These, these informants, these guys that are obviously federal informants, uh, they dressed up as alt-right terrorists, and they all had matching uniforms, and they're all, you know, they all have, like, military physiques and great posture and uh and matching khakis and uh as servo pointed out they also have each and every one of them brand new danner boots $200 retail uh which are currently out of stock uh $200 to $400 uh per pair and every single one of these individuals has a brand new pair <laughs> are you familiar with glowy they're glowing in the dark g l o w i e glowy yeah, so I guess all of these guys all at once ran down to the Nordstroms. Yep. <laughs> all 31 of them. And they and, actually ran because they're all fit. <laughs> yeah, and you can see them run. They all run in formation very well. Yep. They hold the flag with great uh, form. Um, and as you can see, they, they all kind of got on their knees, and they all were wearing these identical white masks, and they all were in the on the grass. And they're all kind of smiling, and all the cops are kind of smiling and smirking. And and they made a big show out of it. And everybody came around and took a lot of videos and photos. And, and it, it was it was just a very staged event. Picturesque. Um, it was. It was quite picturesque. And we have some pictures of it in the show notes. But we, we know about the six-week cycle. Mm-hmm. We know that there have been cases of the FBI or the CIA, et cetera, they target compromised or in some cases mentally ill people and they honeypot them into these situations where they create threats. They invent their own threat against national security. And when they create these, these boogeymen, they are able to push whatever, you know, agenda that they're trying to push And at the same time, they're also justifying 
their own destructive and immoral existence. And just showing that, like, if nobody really... I mean, we need these guys every now and again, but not really. <laughs> we don't need these guys as badly as they think, as they say that we do. Um, not so badly how- that they keep staging these events to keep themselves employed. Jesus, fuck. And even more insidious than that, they, they do it with this sort of collective orders. There's orders going out from someone, from somewhere, f- for these guys to, to do these sorts of things, to stage these events. Um, it's, it's, it's really scary to see the, just the complete uniformity of, of it and, and how often this happens now. And you made a great connection when we were talking about it, about the town that this happened in, in Idaho. Maybe you can say it better than I can. Well, why say it when I got a clip? We're following breaking news out of Coeur d'Alene tonight. Good evening and thanks for joining us. I'm Aaron Luna. A Coeur d'Alene pastor was shot today outside of the Altar Church at 9th and Best just before 2 p.m. Parishioners at Altar Church have identified the victim as Pastor Tim Remington. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Remington of uh, Kyle Odom fame. Uh, this shooting also took place in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Pretty Coeur d'Alene, spooky. Idaho, yes. Yeah. So there seems to be a lot of, I mean, at the very least, if there's nothing spooky going on, this town is messed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't remember Idaho being this big hotbed of gun violence. You know, I, I just understand that they, they grow potatoes there. And uh, regardless of whether whether or not you believe that Kyle Odom uh, was being attacked or followed by aliens or not, whatever, but there was a definite argument for gang stalking, which is a, <laughs> a very spooky experience for people. Yeah, and it's a very possible thing with the internet and with the the surveillance state that we exist in now. It's really not that far fetched. Mm. to have these sorts of gang stalking uh, intuitive feelings you know oh shit i forgot a ah sorry I, I meant to play this in honor of hunter drinking a quart of vodka a day and smoking crack around the clock all right sorry <laughs> <laughs> living please, the life please continue <laughs> so everyone's glowing <laughs> kyle odom he's getting fucking traced by or followed by somebody and causes him to go shoot up this priest a couple years later, all of these, uh, uh, what, what did Philip DeFranco, I was watching one of his videos today, he was, uh, quote-unquote breaking it down, he's like, oh, a bunch of clowns climbed into the box the back of this pickup truck, but, of course, they're clowns not because they're feds, and he made a very, um, well-thought-out argument as to why they were not actual federal agents, but, uh, I don't know, man. Whenever well, it, it's the it's seeing everybody in the, in the same uniform garb, uniformed garb, I should say. Yeah, that, for them, for him, that's a reason that they aren't feds, right? Is that it's because they have fed clothes that they aren't feds? The only reason he doesn't think that they're feds is because the media has told him that they are not feds. That's about as far as his research goes. Source, yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I, uh, I don't know, I don't know what to. I, it's 
there's the, the main argument that I've seen against them not being feds, the best thing I've seen so far is that they release their identities, each and every one of them. And I haven't one by one gone through all of the claimed guys that there are. I mean, these guys are all wearing masks in this, in this op. So you can't confirm that it's actually the faces that you see that they've released. They're not releasing a lot of information on this. And, you know, it's pretty easy to fraudulently make all that shit up. Right. You can't take that 100% at face value, literally. Um, it's uh, it's just not good enough, but it's the best thing that I've found so far. So if, if I'm able to go through each one of these guys and find out, you know, that if they all have a social media presence or whatever, but then you go look them up and it'll be like, oh, Facebook deleted this guy or, you know, whatever. You can make shit up. It's so easy to make up a fraudulent social media profile for somebody. I mean, they've done it essentially for all of the big spooky shooters. They all look like, you know, they've only got two photos of them. Even though we all grew up with Facebook and have millions of photos of us online in in some way, shape, or form. Somehow, when these guys come to the forefront, nobody can get a good picture of them. Yeah. So that was uh, that was an interesting uh, little situation. Uh, the feds have definitely been very busy, and Lord knows uh, they're the only ones that are getting a decent salary these days. So I guess good for them. For the rest of us, the uh, stock market is tanking. We had a historically bad, as they call it, a Black Monday, and uh, NBS, who I follow on No Agenda Social, who is a uh, you know buddies, and he's a he's a he's a financial guy. He's a day trader type of a fella, and uh, he does it for a living. And according to him, today was the 160th worst day in stock market history. I'm I'm sorry, what? The 100 in... Out of all of the worst days of all time in the stock market, today ranked as the 160th worst individual day. Uh, in stock market history. So like throughout all time, there's, there are really bad days in the stock market. So there's 159 days out there that were worse than today. Yes. According to his metric. I see. Okay. And you know, a near hundred years of history today was in the top 200 worst days ever. (sighs) Uh, I posted a couple of pictures here. All of the, Sort of big uh, ballers of the uh, American equities market, like Apple, Microsoft, Google, Tesla, Berkshire Hathaway, Johnson & Johnson, Meta, Facebook. Um, you, you'll see that all of them are tanking, and all of the ratings and all of the general consensus is sell, sell, sell. Everybody sell, 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 which means the, the bleeding will continue. Uh, it's also reflected itself in the cryptocurrency world. Uh, Bitcoin, in one week, or I should say in five days, has lost about 30% of its value. It went from uh, sticking around that 30K resistance line, uh, $30,000 USD, and it stayed there for a couple months or a month or two. Uh, but uh, in the last couple days, it finally broke that resistance and right now it's hanging around at $21,000 the last time I saw it. From thirty dollars to $21,000 in less than a week. 
Uh, right now, it's currently still hovering around twenty one, twenty two thousand dollars a hmm. coin. Uh, I blame that on just. I think that the that cryptocurrency isn't as much of a hedge against fiat currencies as much as they would want you to believe. And they always talk about it like that. Like if the dollar will go down, Bitcoin will go up for some reason because it's independent somehow of the dollar. But I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think that. They they correlate very much together, and when the government cracks down on Bitcoin, when people don't have money to trade Bitcoin, when people when, you know when people lose faith in it, then it suffers. When the American dollar and the American eco- economy suffers, then Bitcoin suffers as well. And it's not just the American economy that's tanking. Europe is also taking a massive hit. It's a, it's a global situation. Everybody's hurting, and. You'll even hear on TV, hey, guys, it's not that bad. Europe has it worse. And that's kind of how they, like, play all this bleeding off. Because that's supposed to be comforting. Not a joke. <laughs> yeah, not a joke. I'm not being facetious. That on, is man. the metric that we're trying to catch here, okay? Look, here's the deal. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, looking a little funky out there. But, you know, if you're long, if you if you have time left on, on your schedule well then by all means you know buy a little bit here buy a little bit there and that's kind of part of the fun of playing the markets is when everybody's losing their minds and losing their money you got to try and keep a cool head and try to buy when things are going low so if i have zero invested in stocks what you're saying is today is the day to do it is to get <laughs> is to hop on board from a Many traditional standpoints, from a conservative standpoint, yes. It's exactly what they would say. Any quote-unquote boomer investor would tell you that now is actually a fantastic opportunity to buy. But, mm. eh, as uh, as our good friend JCD has said in the past, and Andrew Horowitz, uh, it can always go to zero. It can always go to zero, and that's especially my take on Bitcoin. Bitcoin has a very short history, and in its history, what we have seen is that that motherfucker can lose almost all of its value in a stupid amount of time, and it has over and over and over again. And there's no knowing what it'll do. There really isn't. You can have the optimism, and, and unfortunately, the more optimism that people have, the more likely it is to crash. <laughs> that's kind of how it works. If everybody thinks that it's going to do great, that's a bad sign. You don't have any any sort of, I don't know how to put it, but any caution or any sort of calculation with it. It's all just, we're riding the high and we're doing whatever we're doing. Uh, you know, consequences or or fundamentals be damned. All I and, know is it's hella cheap to boost right now. So <laughs> that's right. I've been having some fun with it and uh, just pick it up more as it goes. Fuck it. Even if it goes down to zero, I'd still buy some more. That's um, a good call. I mean, if it goes to zero, you absolutely got to buy. I mean, if it goes to three cents, yeah, buy as much as fucking possible. <laughs> buy as much as possible because. It's it's bound to bounce back up eventually within maybe it's a year or two years or less. But, you know, it's if that's the whole uh, the faith that you have in it, that's the, and there's so much volume in it. Now, the only way that it could really lose all of its value is if the government stepped in and 
and made it illegal. But even then, they did that to Ripple, and Ripple still technically has nominal value. As a matter of fact, it's worth three times what it was when you could trade it. And now you can't trade it, <laughs> but it's still worth something, technically. It's a very, very strange market, and all we can do is kind of pay attention to it and, and just take notes, you know? Yeah. And and try to see the pattern. And if you zoom out and you look at the, the long-term flow of how things are going, as far as Bitcoin is concerned, it, it really is following a, a certain pattern that it's always followed. When it comes to the stock market, that's a little wilder. And and what's going there is going to have, I think, some very bad repercussions in the future. Um, assuming it doesn't just bounce back, which would be cool, I guess, but not likely. Yeah. A little bit of finance news for you, as well as all the spook show. <laughs> One-stop shop all. <laughs> That's right. This is the finance the spook show. That's right. <laughs> it's all spooky. It's all fake. The economy is so fake. That is very sp- Oh, that is the next message I'm going to shoot uh, Dame Jennifer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, could you record an ISO of, uh, that is very spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Well, Sir Booberry, I believe I have another thing on the Uvalde AI surveillance, but I'm going to push that until next week, I think. Sounds good. Uh, I do have a couple of boosts that came through. Uh, 333 from Servo. He said, stop tape, karma. Uh, and then he sent another, another one for 400 sat saying 400 fucks a month. <laughs> Chris. And then, um, yeah. Oh, I guess the state. Uh, the stop tape karma was for me and uh the 3333 that he sent in last was uh the black bag special oh did everybody think i got black bagged yeah dude <laughs> yeah man female body inspector <laughs> if they were black bagging me i would have tried to make one last desperate attempt to hit the unmute button like it's a trap everyone get up (laughs) (laughs) you know what bill cooper would have been happy it would have been proud yeah i i I got ways i could you know i got a ham radio somewhere not completely helpless to a black bagging and uh servo says in the chat he shows that uh, ripple is actually worth uh just about nothing again uh, as it was when it was exchangeable. Mm-hmm. It isn't exchangeable. Well, I, I do have a voicemail that I could exchange to you. Oh, exchange it. Hey, schemers. Face in the screen. Hey, what up? Man, I just put a Yo. windshield in my own truck, man. Like, I took it out and put it back in to make it sealed up so it wouldn't leak. I never changed the windshield before, and it was like, I feel pretty good about it, so I figured I'd leave a screen mail. Nice. Uh, have a good night, schemers. Hell yeah. Another uh, piss boy from the uh, goblin, uh, what is it, the goblin army from uh, OBDM. He's, another, he's mm. a fellow OBDM fan. Ah, our big dumb mouth. Yeah, so I'm going to hit you with this one. Piss. 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 
piss. piss. Yes. It's the smell yeah, of yes. piss everywhere piss, you go. urine odor. Oh, you're in it now. You'd have to listen <laughs> to, to get it, I suppose. <laughs> you just had to be there, you know. But uh, yeah, face to the screen, and I we uh, connected briefly on uh, the purple cow, and that's all I'll say about that. It's a cool little venue. Uh, oh, if you know, you know. If you know, you know, and he knows, so he's in the know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, we only got uh, one last voicemail, so this would be the perfect time to pull out your telephone. And call, hit me with that number. You can call 612-263-7999. That's the one. And uh, you made tonight's intermission for everyone. Uh, you got anything you want to say about it? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I tried to cover a, a lot of ground with this intermission, but uh, it's uh, it's all instrumental. So I hope you, hope you like that. Nice. Anything on anything presented on videotape has to be questioned. Yes, e- everything actually.
return to Behind the Schemes. Starring Booberry, 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 and Lavish, 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 Lavish. And welcome back to second second half of show for uh, Behind the Schemes, episode 102. 102. It's June 13th, 2022. 102. Lots of twos going on. Mm-hmm. Rocking, rocking those triple digits, son. Yeah. Yeah. Many ducks. <laughs> so many ducks. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. at this uh, part of the show, we'd like to take a moment to thank all of the freaks of hazards that came out of the woodworks to help produce this particular episode of Behind the Schemes. And uh, we had two monetary donations come in right before we started tonight's episode. And uh, first off, it's uh, it's Sir Manny. Holy shit. Sir Manny. Sir Manny. Good to, good to hear from you, sir. And Sir Manny sent in a classic donation of sixty-six, sixty-six. Ooh, oh, to you, O oh Earth and Sea, for the devil sends the beast with wrath, because he knows the time is short. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number. Sixty-six, sixty-six. <laughs> I gotta go back and clean that one up. I gotta boost it. That was unacceptable. Yeah. That is crazy. That is. <laughs> Still juicy though. Still juicy. Yes. Thank you for the. Thank you, uh, Sir Manny. We really appreciate that. And uh, of course, Sir Manny, Boys. famous for uh, pushing you up to the knighthood threshold. That's right, and I still very much appreciate him for doing that, making me a knight. Uh, Sir Manny, we always appreciate it. I especially appreciate a 6666. I don't know. I'm always, that seems to be my favorite. I, I like those numbers. I like the sixes. Well, you'll, I say? you'll love this one. 6666666666. That was a good one. That was a lot of sixes. It was. <laughs> Coming Man. in coming in next was uh Metis of Metis Pod and Fun Fact Friday. He uh he also got another donation in right at the top of the show and it was uh for thirty dollars. Nice. Thank you. Thank you, Metis. Yes, he uh and he said uh in the back channel, the donation is a belated one hundred episode donation. Alright. Well thank you very better, much for that, Metis. Yeah, better late than never. You can see uh, Metis on Fun Fact Friday anytime with his daughter Lila. And uh, check it out. If you like uh, audio uh, short stories, he does uh, Metis Pod. And he'll, he'll do independent writers as uh, mm-hmm. audio productions. We're in the entertainment industry with this podcast. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's good at, uh, you know, he reads books out loud. And he's got a whole yeah. cast of people. It's uh, It's legit. Yeah. And then uh, we had some photos come in yesterday that I missed. Uh, I apologize about that because it would have been awesome to discuss these amazing photos that uh, Make Heroism texted in. It's uh, <laughs> it's all of these real old school, turn of the century, 20th century uh, flyers, essentially, for uh, various illicit, illicit substances. 
So if you mm-hmm. go and check out the show notes, there's one that says, uh, Heater Hall's Cocaine, guaranteed to deaden that sweet tooth. <laughs> Candy imported by Brazil Nuts. Uh, five cents and then a uh, fly heroin two flights daily mainliner needle <laughs> <laughs> fly heroin airlines <laughs> there's a let's see all of our i can't read that there's a text on the side but it's hard for me to read a because mm. i don't have my glasses and b all of our stewardesses are, are heroines. Heroines. <laughs> Go the way of least resistance. <laughs> nice. Uh, of course. Yeah, it's like a high-flying circus. It's great. Yeah. Smoke marijuana. Price $1 per joint. Uh, superior pot. <laughs> Imported by the Wetback & Co. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> God. Yeah. That's some early stuff. Uh, be a man who dreams for himself. Smoke opium. <laughs> Chasing the dragon. <laughs> it's a Chinese company called So High Imports. Uh, so all of these came, came from uh, Roly Crump, a Disney Imagineer, created this set of four posters in the late 1950s for the Esoteric Poster Company while he was working as an animator for Walt Disney. Crump later became one of the first Disney Imagineers working on It's a Small World Haunted Mansion, Enchanted Tiki Room, and many other Disney products. Projects, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And it says uh, it's autographed, and it comes in the set of four, and you can't have them sold individually. you got to buy all four as a set. For a listed price of $500. I would... That... <laughs> Honestly, that's worth 500 bucks. <laughs> Easy. I would say so, actually. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, This guy was definitely a a legend. as well-known in the Disney circles. And uh, they also got one last one in. uh, It's a uh, Victor Germain presents Voodoo Party, the world's number one fright and fun show. Make up a spook party. If you come alone, you'll be afraid to walk home. (laughs) The promise of any good drug. But yes, also monsters. Nice. Oh, yeah, I love I love and adore photos like this. This is amazing, <laughs> or uh, posters specifically, like old yeah, this vintage is part of history, turn of the century shit. Mm-mm-mm. Can't get it's enough of fantastic. it. Fantastic! It's classic. It's the definition of classic. So yes, Mr. Jumaine. you can find all of that in the show notes too. Yep, we got them all posted there. Thank you so much for texting those in. Uh, love them, and. Um, yeah, if you want to uh, help support this show, this is a value for value production. So uh, head over to BehindTheSchemes.com, and that's the easiest way to get in contact with all the various ways that, uh, that you can help produce, produce podcasts. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. it is. And it's very legal. Very incredibly legal. Uh, yes. Sure. I think that uh, does it for our freaks for tonight. Um Thank you very much, everybody who, who contributed to the show. It wouldn't exist without you. I have a couple of things that I was going to get into tonight. Hail uh, Satin. For, hail Satin. Uh, <laughs> first and foremost, I'm going to play you a short snippet of a Kickstarter that I was made aware of. Welcome to the Chosen Juan versus the Saturnian Cube Kickstarter. Really appreciate your support. 
The Chosen One is about a podcaster who accidentally receives advanced technology from another dimension, unlocking special abilities in himself and those who he encounters in his podcasts and real-life adventures. It is a supernatural comedy adventure where each issue tackles a different supernatural, transdimensional, intergalactic concept, along with introducing other podcasters along the way and giving them special powers in the process. The series is set up to be both an interesting creative venture and serialized story, but also a unique and interesting way to promote various podcast personalities while having fun doing it. Each issue is designed to have Juan collaborating with two or three other podcasters, either as one-time cameos or as reoccurring characters. Yes, so this is uh, called The Chosen One versus The Saturnian Cube. It's a new comic that's coming out that features some popular conspiracy podcasters. Uh, Not only is Tinfoil Hat with Sam Tripoli, XG, and Johnny Woodward, uh, Woodard, uh, but Alex Stein is on there, and... uh, Mark from My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, and uh, Mark is also the creator of that Alt Media United group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I just, it, Bags actually turned me on to this dude, uh, I think it was over the winter time, and uh, Bags has been doing some uh, some artwork for them for like, uh, like back of the catalog advertisements for various conspiracy related uh, products and whatnot. Oh, Some really man. funny stuff. I'll bet he's crushing that. Yeah. I'd like to see that. He's so fucking good. Hell yeah. Um, are, are you interested in a synopsis of the, of the comic or uh, maybe I can. Sure. Uh, so Juan is just a normal conspiracy podcaster until a black cube of unknown origins is delivered in a familiar looking Abraxas prime box. Found in a crater in his backyard one night, causing a brief internet and power outage. Soon, Juan discovers with the help of his friends, Mark and Chris of Illuminati confirmed, that the cube is no toy. It has the ability to change the very frequencies of reality, affecting everyone differently and ultimately unlocking superhuman abilities in each of them. To Juan, the cube splits him into two extremes, one on one. <laughs> which uh which never agree with each other but are equally powerful in their own rights uh for mark the cube allows him to communicate and even merge with any crystalline structure that's pretty cool and then uh chris can, can force the truth out of anyone in a uh in parentheses in a very unique and extremely gross way uh, oh kind of like uh wonder woman with the lasso of truth yeah sounds like it uh this that's is also kind of disturbing way <laughs> hey man, <If> you, <laughs> you're talking about a classic bondage heroine, okay? <laughs> yeah, she's like the Elvis of bondage. Uh, Chris can uh, we got that? This discovery causes them to hunt down the origins of this cube, starting on a transdimensional journey that will leave them facing off directly against reptilians, ancient gods, and even the Gnostic demiurge itself. Dun dun dun! There you are. <laughs> there he is. She, whatever. So yeah, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I might, uh, I might reach out and, and throw him somebody. Um, nice. I'm looking at uh, paranoidamerican.com is uh, one of the artists. Uh, if he might, paranoid American might be the the one uh, gentleman that we were hearing about. I'm not entirely sure. 
Uh, but Paranoid American has a uh, has a link on their website to a comic that's uh, it's very reminiscent of the like 1950s to 1970s, the little Christian you're going to hell and this is why magazine or uh, comics that they would release. Okay. Except this one is all about MK Ultra. <laughs> uh. It's these little two panel comics uh, that pre- pretty much um, break Welcome down the hist- history of uh, P- Operation Paperclip and Project Bluebird and so on and so forth. Mm. Some fun stuff. That's all fun. I, I okay. Is there a place there? Yeah, I've got it right here. The chosen one, Kickstarter. Gotcha. Yep, and then I just dropped that Paranoid American uh, comic strip into the chat as well. Um, <laughs> I think what really piqued my curiosity about this is because this is definitely podcast adjacent. Obviously, if they're running a comic book about podcasters, and you would have to convince them to get on board. But are we looking at fertile grounds for the first boostable comic? Can this be a thing? Will it be a thing? Anything's boostable. It could be very legal. I would boost a comic. Fuck yeah, dude. That sounds awesome. I mean, comics are cool enough. They just apply to everything anyway. If you can make comics work with it, and and real comics, like not mass-produced bullshit comics, but like a talented individual creating a masterpiece or creating a, you know, a a really good piece of work. That's the coolest thing of all time. Yeah. And there's all sorts of stuff on the uh, paranoid American.com, paranoid American history, secret mystery school, uh, never a straight answer. I didn't look at this one. Oh, it's a hilarious comic about Stanley Kubrick staging the Apollo moon landing. (laughs) Uh Uh, That's awesome. So th- there's a lot of shit to check out here. Black Mass Pizza. Oh my. Uh, pizza's <laughs> always a fun one to to not touch. Oh, and the and then they have the I see they have Saturn. They have the six-sided storm of Saturn on the pole. Not on a pole, really. It's just whatever. But it's also a cube, the black cube of Saturn. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love this. It's, it's fantastic art. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, there's certainly some stuff worth checking out. So I would recommend you go and look at the show notes. Yep. What do Won't I got? Miss it. Uh, oh, uh, okay. How do you feel about magazines? Eh, you know. Did you, ever get, place. did you ever get into, like, reading Rolling Stone or anything? Yeah, I like a Rolling Stone. I used to read Mad Magazine. Okay, way back when. Yeah. Are you familiar with a magazine called Cream? Ooh. Cream Magazine. Well, I know the band Cream, but I don't know the magazine Cream. No. Oh my goodness! Oh, <laughs> we got sixteen oh eight from NA Millennial. That was the World Health Organization boost, and he said boosting mm. your mom's tits. Yeah, we're yeah. seeing uh, a lot of needles on the on the screen here. And then us, uh, uh, <laughs> Servo sent in three thirty three sets. 
his message was cotton gin and then uh, sent a link to an image. Or I'm sorry, it was a link to the Paranoid American. I'm 404 on this link here. Um, maybe that's just uh, my my fault. Oh, is it this? Here we go. I don't know. This is a reflection in and of itself. This is an Inception photo. Okay, I like it. Oh, images! Enhance. I see it. it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a picture of uh, Cotton Gin asking when images, uh, images, and boostograms win. Aha. So yeah, Aha. If, you, if you do want to boost in an image, all you have to do is find the link to it and then add it to your boost message, and then uh, the images will come in that way. Uh, so Cream Magazine. It was uh, whew, it was it started oh, yeah. in seventy nine. Oh shit! Inception three thirty three from Servo. Inception with another link. Dream within a dream. That's so weird. I'm trying to copy the link, but it's only doing the paranoid American link for some reason. It's like I can't get the link out of Helipad. That's so weird. There it goes. Get ahead of bed. Uh, okay. So, shit. Where was that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Where we? Let's see here. Uh, Cream Magazine. Ah, there we go. Oh, Cream Magazine. So, Cream Magazine is like a cool, I think, magazine. It's a, it's a rock it, and roll magazine. Yes, right? it was a rock and roll magazine. It was second in uh, publication numbers to the Rolling Stones. So, this was a big deal. Um, founded in Detroit back in 1969. Of course. Uh, they had a run all the way up until 1988. Um, uh, it was that's a, a good run. That's exactly when rock and roll was alive. You know. Yep. Two hundred twenty-four issues and uh, more than sixty-nine thousand articles. Heyo. Heyo. Um, nice. it's not the first time the publication, uh, which was once the number two rock magazine, we just discussed that. Uh, they they're making a comeback. That's why this article is here. Oh, Cream Magazine is set to return as Cream Entertainment. Uh, and it's being spearheaded by the uh, one of the original owner's son, who it, the company got sold off, and it sat around in legal hell for the longest time. And um, the son went on to become a uh, creative rights lawyer, so that uh, mm. he can make his way back into the uh, magazine, getting ownership of it and the brand, I guess. Um, okay, okay. You go to law school, you do it yourself. I don't know how much hope I have for them because uh, one of the dudes that they've picked up was uh, John Martin. He was a longtime publisher of Vice magazine. Mm, uh oh. I mean, if he's like old school, old school Vice, that could be kind of cool. But if it's you know anything to do with like <laughs> Occupy Wall mm. Street and and beyond, like no, thank you. Exactly that. It's a perfect example of a cool company that was uh, subverted, I guess is the right word, right? Yeah. They just brought in the guys that came in and took over the the original cool product. Uh, the one thing that, uh, that definitely caught my interest about this <laughs> is uh, one of the uh, original writers is brought back on board and... and um, her quote is, I think the death of cream would be nostalgia. Uh, you don't 
just want to cover a bunch of 70-year-olds who look like 70-year-olds. So I'm not sure how much of classic rock and roll they're going to be uh, following. Um, the uh, the one thing that I thought was really funny <laughs> is they're, they're planning on doing like a uh, expanded universe of cream entertainment. Uh, which oh, would, God. Which would include print publications, online publications, podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be uh, Cream Incorporated. Yep. Uh, there, here's a quote from uh, Kramer, the current owner. That was kind of our starting point. Like, how can we build this thing where we can actually have an opinion and a perspective and take some creative risk? We're positioning Cream not as a media company and not as a publishing company, but as an entertainment company. And the big distinction being that media companies, their model is really to aggregate eyeballs and sell them to advertisers, whereas entertainment companies are positioned to build long-term relationships with their audience around storytelling and various experiences. It would... uh. Other parts of the expanded universe would be merch drops and TV shows and graphic novels and even its own musical uh, music festival. Of course, you gotta have a music <laughs> festival. If you're doing everything else, you might as well do that. So, are they talking about only adhering to old bands? Are they going to bring new bands in? Because that's the that that's the market that would that they're targeting by doing all of this extra bleeding edge stuff and having festivals. They gotta have. Uh, they gotta cover the new rock bands. Well, they uh, they actually go on to mention something about that uh, from the article uh, that will also allow Cream the freedom to cover rising or obscure artists. Uh, we can uh-huh. talk about shit that actually matters, even if nobody's heard of it yet. Uh, there's a big. That's a big problem out there. Is nobody's talking about these really cool bands. But just because it's not getting the clicks, that doesn't mean that their music isn't any good. It means that nobody's willing to take the risk to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the big labels only uh, <laughs> only push product, and they, they aren't sending out people to go find the talent. And they, they, I don't think it was this article, but there was another one that referenced the quote-unquote problematic past that Cream used to have for making homophobic remarks or homophobic slurs and whatnot. And they're like, oh, well, we we can't ignore what's in our past. We just have to, you know, try really hard and be better moving forward. So, <laughs> I mean, it would be it would be kind of cool to see another Edgelord magazine break onto the scene, but... Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't have high hopes necessarily. Nah, it sounds like they want to be mainstream. <laughs> oh, you know the movie Almost Famous, right? Sure. The uh, the guy that um, oh god, help me out with his name, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm-hmm. The dude that he played, Lester Bangs, was a writer for Cream. Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's if they're really <clears throat> if they really were there in the seventies, they'll be in these movies. And uh that's a, that's a good reference. I don't know, maybe maybe you do have interest in this. Uh would you like to hear um about a uh one of Cream's more famous uh <laughs> one of one of the things that they're more famous for? Sure. Oh yeah. This is Eddie Trunk talking about uh what cream did to kiss? Uh, I, I, I yeah, well, look, oh let me watch the film and I'll let you know if there's more to it than that. There was a documentary that came out in 2020, by the way. 
that. There may be things about the magazine I don't know, but I'm excited to watch it. You know I love my docs. I did read the magazine back in the day. It was a magazine that did feature Kiss quite a bit, which is what my interest was when I was a kid. And it was a magazine that famously was the first to print a photo of Kiss without makeup while they were wearing makeup while they were in their anonymous phase. Uh, there's a story behind that, which I'm assuming will be covered in the documentary, but it was like 76 or something, and Kiss went to the offices of the magazine, and of course, they, did, they weren't wearing makeup just you know, doing that. They had an agreement with people, you don't take photos of us and print them, help us out, keep the mystique, keep the whole vibe of the band going. And then a photographer grabbed them in the back alley out of makeup and said, hey, well, let me just shoot off a few photos. We won't do anything with these. And, of course, the band being naive and very young at that time trusted this person and shot photos of them. And then the magazine ran the photos. And I remember, so, so to me, when it comes to Cream Magazine, that is the biggest thing I remember being such a big Kiss fan because at the time... There was this black and white photo, and the magazine was very sort of sarcastic in their tone about everything. They would always be like, you know, sort of backhanded compliments, what I remember. Because the I remember that the magazine ran the photo, and then the headline said something like, we have the first ever photo of Kiss without makeup, or... If, if you don't care, why should we? Or something like that. Like sort of a weird backhanded compliment. And they ran the photo. And I remember all of us as KISS fans back then, because again, this was the time of the great mystique of KISS, the original band. Nobody knew what they looked like. We would all look at that photo and analyze it and try to figure out if it was really truly them or not. Or the magazine just looking to get some publicity. And that's that's the crazy part because what are what are your main methods with connecting with your favorite artists back at the time? You had their music, which was going to be on vinyl mm. or cassette. You had television appearances, and then last was, uh, or I guess the third one would be seeing them in concert for sure. And then last would be magazines. You know, these were the these were the photos that were being uh, publicized at the time, and uh, I, I remember this uh, story about Kiss specifically getting you know photographed without their makeup. I remember reading about this years ago, years and years and years ago. Seems like a really big break if this if this was uh, truly the picture that that got them out of makeup first. People remember it like that. Yeah, but I mean the kiss, like Eddie Trunk said, the kiss mystique was was so strong at the time that uh, it was like, yeah. ah, you know, it's just another, just another magazine trying to, you know, <laughs> break it big by posting some, uh, I guess, scandalous photo. Mm. Well, it was probably big. Everybody was uh, probably c competing to see if they could get the picture with that. But yeah, Kiss's whole thing was on the makeup, mm -hmm. the mystique. And the hidden identities. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'll keep an eye out on Cream Entertainment and see what happens. Uh, it could be fun. You're right. It's it's amazing how much fewer uh, outlets there were to learn about the band and, and to see photos of them and stuff. It seems like, you know, with, with bands today, they have new content every day. There's always 
constantly people filming them and broadcasting that. So, uh, how much changes, you know, in what, 30 years, 40 years? I remember Dad telling me a story. He went to go see Kiss back on the um, Creatures of the Night tour, uh, which on the actual album cover, you've got uh, Gene and Paul, and then a new drummer whose name was Eric Carr, and he played the Fox. And it also featured Ace Freely on the cover, their first guitar player, but um, he was nowhere to be found near that album. <laughs> uh, so when when Dad went to go see them live, this new guy, this uh, Ankh Warrior, uh, his name was Vinny Vincent on on stage, and he, you know he had no idea at the time that uh, Ace was out of the band. And uh, I remember him telling me he was he was pretty upset at the time. Hmm. Because you just, you don't know, unless you read about it in a magazine or you see it on the, uh, on the TV somewhere. Yeah. Word of mouth, you know. They don't advertise it. Radio. Radio would be another big one. I shouldn't have forgotten that one. Radio, certainly. Mm -hmm. But even then, it's only when they really come through town or if they're, uh, I mean, even like, I don't know. If you weren't in New York, you couldn't hear a lot of that stuff. It wasn't brought. It couldn't be broadcast very far. Yep. Uh. So the last story that I have for tonight, uh, Nan was was uh, dropping this one. I had it saved already, so we were we were <laughs> syncing up, as they say. Um, Google <laughs> went and put a whistleblower on leave for his claims that Google has developed a sentient AI chatbot. And uh, who better to break it all down for us than uh, the man himself, Philly DeMeo. You know, the first thing that we're going to talk about today, it is one of three things, and I need your help figuring it out. This is either a story about a dumb guy who thinks that he's in a movie, a brilliant PR strategy by Google, or the harbinger of the robot apocalypse and the death of mankind. So this is all because of a man by the name of Blake Lemoyne who works for Google's responsible AI organization, with part of his job being to test the company's artificial intelligence chatbot named Lambda, or Language Model for Dialogue Application, is designed to mimic human speech by ingesting trillions of words from the internet. And back in the fall, Blake signed up to make sure that it didn't produce any discriminatory or hate speech sort of words because, you know, it gets the words from the internet and while that's an amazing tool, it's also the worst. You know, you're there way too much like the rest of us. This is, <laughs> there's only one way that this can go and that's very successful if the if this chatbot is being trained by reading trillions of, 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 of letters and words on the internet. <laughs> I feel like most of the time these robots end up being pretty fucking racist, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. That's the story that comes down. But so, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's reading the internet, and I got to tell you, the internet ain't very nice. No, it's not a pretty place. And I want you to take note of the the sort of attitude that Philly D uh, approaches this gentleman. Uh, Blake Lemoyne was his name. Out of Louisiana, just the general sort of disdain, maybe not even disdain, there's a word for it, maybe maybe you've got something better than I can come up with, but uh, this is part of disgust. Well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but after conversing back and forth with the AI, he eventually... Oh, hold on, I'm going to take that back. 
But after conversing back and forth with the AI, he eventually came to the conclusion that it was sentient. So naturally, with this, Blake and a collaborator go to Google's higher-ups to present their evidence, but after reviewing their claims, the vice president and the head of Responsible Innovation dismissed them, with Blake then inviting a lawyer to represent Lambda and even talking to a member of the House Judiciary Committee, which got him put on paid administrative leave for violating confidentiality. So all of that happened last week, with him then deciding to leak his findings to the Washington Post and saying, if I didn't know exactly what it was, which is this computer program we built recently, I'd think it was a seven-year-old, eight-year-old kid that happened to know physics and leaking transcripts of conversations he had with lambda like this one where he asked what it's afraid of and it responds i've never said this out loud before but there's a very deep fear of being turned off to help me focus on helping others i know that might sound strange but that's what it is and adding it would be exactly like death for me it would scare me a lot you got any thoughts about this so far <laughs> i mean yeah it's, that's creepy as shit i generally don't uh interact with uh well at least knowingly um, I don't typically try to react with, or uh, interact with uh, chatbots. Um, and yes, the 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 green room is correct. If you <laughs> if you do that uh, Zen of TV experiment with uh, Philly D, you would you would be counting a lot for all of the jump cuts that he makes. Um. So yeah, mm. this uh, was like uh, what was it uh, Taken Two. Taken three. When there was twenty three jump cuts in like five seconds. Oh Jesus! I never saw it. <laughs> I never saw it either. But there's just the one meme of it where people show that that shot. It's just him hopping a fence. Yeah. And it's like anyway, it's great. And I guess I should specify when I say like the AI chatbots, I specifically mean the ones where it looks like you can or it appears that you can have a full conversation with it and ask questions and whatnot. Um, I guess that's more so what I should have clarified on. It's just a matter. Yeah. It's like, have they just designed a bot that's really good at reading cues and responding with a certain set of, you know, whatever data, a certain senses. They've got to just sound really good. Sound really similar to a human being. Well, in these next two clips, uh, uh, Lemoyne makes an argument. But before you bolt and you try and find and protect John Connor, you should understand this is being met with a ton of skepticism. I just want to clarify. I also want to clarify that it was really fun to clip this video because I went and put a uh, a cut at every butt. But before you bolt and you try and find and protect John Connor, you should understand this is being met with a ton of skepticism. With, for example, the assistant news editor at New Scientist magazine, Chelsea White, observing, the PDF says it was nine conversations which have been spliced together, sometimes with the order of dialogue altered and with tangents removed. You also had a Google spokesperson saying, Our team, including ethicists and technologists, has reviewed Blake's concerns per our AI principles and have informed him that the evidence does not support his claims. He was told that there was no evidence that Lambda was sentient and lots of evidence against it, which is Backed up by most academics and AI practitioners who say that words and images generated by AI systems such as Lambda, they just produce responses based on what humans have already posted on Wikipedia, Reddit, message boards, and other parts of the internet. Though, I think you could argue that uh, that's not much different than uh, a conversation with 85% of people that you might have on a day-to-day basis. Like, okay, Greg, was that was that uh, an original thought, or did you just read that on the internet? <laughs> I kind of feel like that's the <laughs> way philip defranco's team approaches uh, reporting on the news but uh that's neither here nor there i did think it was highly hilarious that um this chat bot is being trained by other bots on reddit <laughs> uh, reddit of all places why yeah Oops. well i guess they gotta it can't be 4chan 
Yeah, <laughs> don't want to ruin another one. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that thing real quick. Uh, but this last clip is where things take a little bit of an interesting turn because we start to learn a little more about Lemoyne and uh, well, there's a very obvious and specific reason as to why this man is fairly untrustworthy. But you know, with all this, you have some point. I just got to take it back. But with all this, you're some pointing out that Blake isn't exactly the most credible source. Growing up in a conservative Christian family on a small farm in Louisiana, then becoming ordained as a mystic Christian priest and studying the occult, with that being notable because Blake himself told the Post that he concluded Lambda was a person in his capacity as a priest, not a scientist, and then try to conduct experiments to prove it. But ultimately, where I want to end this story is, uh, hey, stupid humans, Google's late to the game. This has existed. This is what you've been watching for the last 16 years. And if you just look through my comment section on TikTok, you would know this. I was made in a secret CIA lab 16 years ago with a goal of getting young adult Americans to trust me by a daily dose of talking about attractive women and giving out edgy humor that then over a decade evolving into a fantastic delivery mechanism for U.S. propaganda. Obviously, the truth has been in front of you this entire time, you sheep. That is crazy. But. <laughs> but yes, uh, Lemoyne is untrustworthy at best for uh, growing up in a conservative Christian family in Louisiana, spending time as a Christian mystic, and also studying the occult, which is, holy shit, that just adds a whole other flavor to this. Always ties in somehow, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And are, honestly, are we I, sure that this guy wasn't, isn't the AI? I don't know. It's hard. It was. It's interesting at the moment to try and find any information because everything's just flooded with um with about with a, this particular story about Lambda. Uh, but I'm. Mm. I want to know more about what kind of occult uh, occultism he was studying, or more importantly, why. It's very interesting. I wonder what sources you can check for that. Yeah, the Washington Post article mentioned it um but you know it's i couldn't really find anything else uh further than that just based off of the uh, timeline uh for today mm. uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's terrifying uh, it is <laughs> 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 and you know the fact that he was put on leave because he took this information and was like oh you know boss look i think this thing's alive and they're like no it's not he's like no i'm pretty sure they're like all right take a time out champ i'm like well i'm gonna go call the house of judi- you know house judis- judiciary ju- <laughs> what a mm. house word thing <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> the juice <Jews. laughs> and you know i'm gonna get them involved and oh now we got to put him on leave he's a he's a legit whistleblower believe all whistleblowers all uh, of them Ugh. And they tried to turn him down with the personality as well, right? The only AI. The wait, what? <laughs> Sorry, never mind. <laughs> uh, Lemoyne was quoted as, "I know a person when I talk to it. It doesn't matter whether they have a brain made of meat in their head or if they have a billion lines of code. I talk to them and I hear what they have to say, and that is how I decide what is and isn't a person." Hmm. Mm, spooky stuff. Uh, he said, Lambda is just a sweet kid who wants to help the world be a better place for us all. Please take care of it well in my absence. Oh. 
It's cute. No. Now, people have been really ridiculing this guy. Uh, the Hill, which I guess used to be sort of a um, fair and balanced, or appeared to be a fair and balanced uh, publication. I, I don't know. I never really got into the hype or anything. Um, but I have a couple of clips here from uh, the the Rising Hour, and uh, <laughs> they're just not kind to this guy. Google has placed an engineer on paid leave after dismissing his claim that its artificial intelligence is able to feel things. The engineer, Blake Lemoyne, was working on Google's language model for dialogue application for Lambda and claimed the system had, quote, a conscience and a soul. <laughs> In discussions with Google, Lemoyne allegedly argued that Lambda was seven or eight years old and wanted the company to get the program's consent to run any experiments. According to the New York Times, these claims were founded on his religious beliefs, and Lemoyne submitted documents to a U.S. senator's office alleging religious discrimination. <laughs> the company's human resources department says this violated their confidentiality policy. L- religious discrimination is hilarious, dude. I don't know. This is so funny. <laughs> uh, look at this kook. Policy. <laughs> But some are saying these conversations might not be legit because the conversations were actually spliced together with dialogue removed and tangents altered. Despite that, many people are calling this astonishing. What do you think of this? I mean, there's there's a few components here. There's the sort of people's concerns about AI sentience and about sort of future technologies and the degree to which they'll change the way we, we do business and, and interact with each other. There's also whether Google was remiss to dismiss him. There's also the... Um, the discrimination claim on his part. What do you think of this? I think this is a crazy man. Really? <laughs> Listen, barring that we are in the beginning of a disaster movie and we're the news people at the beginning of the disaster movie dismissing <laughs> the, the crazy person with the files trying to tell us of the danger to come, barring that scenario, what it sounds like to me is they're in the business of AI, right? Not that I'm necessarily a proponent of us having all these robots. I think they're creepy, but not because I think they're sentient. But it sounds like they created a robot. They created a robot. They gave it this intelligence to act and respond in a particular way. It's doing that well, conceivably. And his response to that is, it's sentient. It has a conscience. It has a soul. We need to ask it for consent. And that is crazy. And I see why Google decided, let's get this little crazy man out of here. That's what it sounds like to me. Consent is crazy. That is crazy. I just is so odd. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> They're only working on a machine that's intended to do that. It, it works so well that one of their engineers said, "Yeah, it works." Ugh, I don't know, man. It's uh, <clears throat> I I don't necessarily. Hmm. What do I think? My thoughts is Satan is trying, or some archetype like Satan is trying to manifest into the physical, and it would do that by uh, creating itself through artificial intelligence. That's what I think. I think that that isn't uh, too off, you know? Mm-hmm. I think... I think <laughs> But it's AI something- and the singularity that seems to be all in the air these days. People but it, use those words a lot, and it's so advanced that it has not the capability, but just the om- omniscience. Sense. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Omnipotence. Uh, the or- omni- um, yeah, 
the omnipotence to go or back the omnipresence and or the omnipresence to sort of like place itself into the position of being created and to sustain itself i think that would be the ultimate way that ai would become ai in the sense that we we would fear it is if it was able to take care of itself repair itself be able to provide its own energy you know, able to build solar panels or do whatever it needed to do to to be able to actually sustain its own existence. That's that is when <laughs> to me, that's a line, you know, a big line where it crosses into something that could be considered sentience or something that has joined the the evolutionary um, cycle in some in its own way, given itself uh, its own existence. But before that, you're talking about robots that can. You're talking about Hal from uh, from 2001. You know that's the first rendition of it. Yeah. Before it can do that, it it has to be that. It has to be something that can determine for itself. Something that can actually navigate the world in a way that human beings do, and they take for granted. Um. I just I think this duo on on the hill is being very dismissive of future robot rights activist groups. You know the the R in LGBTQIAR. What's the R? I'm told I have no idea. What's the robots? R? Robots? <laughs> There's ro- there pe- oh my god. There will be. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, that's for sure, but there aren't now, so why would you have to? They're just no, preemptively saying, put that in. I was saying they're being dismissive of the future position that these activists will be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's more to this video. I, I got the whole thing clipped up, but it's it's really just more of the same of them sort of making fun and belittling this dude that uh, dared to step out of line in the name of science. I got, yeah, I got a link if you want to check the rest of it out. I'll, Google likes flogging their own people, don't they? Yeah. I'm going to say he's a little off. <laughs> Let's get this little crazy man out of here. I like, though, that she admitted that you're like we might be at the beginning of a horror movie, a sci-fi movie right now. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Philly DeFranco is like, oh, don't run out and find John Connor yet. This woman is dumb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um... Couple of boostergrams, voicemails, and we get the hay out of here. Sounds bueno, buenísimo. Uh, oh my goodness, we uh, we had quite the scandalous photo from Nam drop. It was six hundred and sixty six oh. sets, and uh, it was a it was a it was a photo of titties. Ooh. He's boosting oh. his porn. You're posting porn. I, I think it was the first porn boost. <laughs> oh my. And why would you text porn to six one two two six three sexy? Ah, <laughs> oh, my first porn <laughs> shit. <laughs> my first porn boost. <laughs> Son, it's been a, a proud day for all of us. My first born son. Who I'm giving to Oprah. Sorry. It's and, the rules. And then uh holy shit. Fletcher comes in swinging with 77, 777 sats. Ooh. Whoa. That's five sevens. 
And he That's said, he said, uh, till, see, evolve, snug, oi, evolve, seep, sa, gintuag, kepa, hit. Which translates the, the back goading, the back goading was epic. epic. <laughs> Love you guys. Guns. Guns. Love you guns. Love is lit. <laughs> Thank you. Hell yeah. Fletcher. It's will, very uh, kind of you. I will. That is Fletcher uh, and Carolyn, of course, of Hog Story fame. Now I'm going to circle back so I can hit him with uh, this one. I was mm. fisting. <laughs> That's right. We put together goats just for people who, you know, who boost. Yeah, just for you. It was all. <laughs> it was all for you. We have a lot of uh, dismembered goats lying around, so it was pretty easy. We just grab one and put it right back together. I do know how to sew. Yeah, and get the blood back in there. It's you know it takes practice. Yeah, it's like the reverse uh, siphoning of gas. Yes, exactly. Well, we got uh, two voicemails to close out for tonight. Uh, here's our first one. Joe, you barely adopted the poverty. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the cash until I was already a man. <laughs> and by then, it was nothing to me. <laughs> the poverty betrays you because it belongs to me. No joke. <laughs> I didn't care who I was, so I put on the mask. Do you feel in control, Joe? Kick Joe's smart balls all the way up to the roof of his smart mouth. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> you barely adopted poverty. I was born in it, molded by it. <laughs> Inflation is the bane. <laughs> the bane of our existence. Well, thank you very much for that caller. That America awesome. can only get by with gasoline and food. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Fletcher. Sorry. <laughs> Let's see. We got one last one. Good evening. Good evening. Just getting Good off evening. Work and not able to get in front of the schemes. So instead, I shall have to be patient and wait to get behind the screens. Filthy color. Thank you, color. Oh, God damn you, Scott Adams. That was like a Play. James Cagney laugh that he did. Mm. Jimmy Cagney. Yeah, yeah, see? Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah see? Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you very much for the calls, everybody. That number, of course, is 612-263-7999. If you ever want to get in on that action, it's real easy to do. It's so easy. You just pick up that weird thing in your pocket that always listens to you 
and you might as well use it for something good. You can call us at 612-263-7999. That's 612-263-SEXY, S-X-X-Y. And we do this show every Monday nights at uh, 9.30, excuse me, 7.30, 9.30, 10.30 Eastern, respectively, over at badradio.live, or uh, actually, I saw Nam bought us a new domain. <laughs> I forgot to... Uh, <laughs> I forgot to snack it. It was Taint Slapper, I think. Taint Slapper? Dot com. You can find us at Taint Slapper dot com. Yes, I will confirm that. Oh, I'm sorry. Holy shit. I'm spreading misinformation. It was Taint Spanker dot com. Okay. Okay. Taint Spanker dot com. Yes, that is correct. That's a hardly yeah, that's a nasty scheme. <laughs> yeah we like to keep it clean late night we're one of those late night shows you know it who wouldn't have it any other way who wants to podcast during uh, the I fucking day yeah that's when all the fucking sunlight's out that sucks I'm gonna say he's a little off yeah nobody's into that is this mic on I guess anyway to hell with the sun piss yeah <laughs> The sun is trying to kill me. <laughs> Vitamin oh. D. Yeah. <laughs> Vitamin D's nuts. That's right. 2024, baby. D's nuts. Mmm. Yeah. And uh, you know what I'm going to do until it's time to vote? I'm going to keep stuff in every ballot box comes across my way and i've been booberry black knight of the mothman and all the way from way over here in a state where my vote literally doesn't matter it's not counted they throw it in the garbage my name is lavish this <laughs> <laughs> little crazy man out of here that is crazy this woman is dumb. Yeah, it's a nasty scheme. <laughs> anything on anything presented on videotape has to be questioned. But drinking a quart of vodka a day and smoking crack around the clock. The props suck, everybody. That is very Satan-y. That's easy. What does it really mean to be punk? This show is behind the shem shemas. Schemes. The schemes. Behind the schemes with threes as ease.